0: Welcome cool, everyone to Learning Bag and UFC. I can, see, I can see little Dan has got a big smile on his face watching that intro. It's, it's
1: right. probably because he saw the same screen. I didn't wear the picture of Battleground Europe. It had Wolves Isle icon on it. That's probably why. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into that. I can see I can see Dan's mind just, just going. The cogs are turning. Uh, I'd be interested to get his thoughts on, on, on all things Wolves and Battleground Europe actually. Um, That's for sure. But uh, welcome, everyone. Away Days is back. Um, And look, uh, this is for me, well, I say every week because they all are massive games, but this one is a huge game on Sunday. It really is uh, for me. Lots and lots of um, pressure and, and expectation around this. Uh, that have been jumped up by the fans over the last few days, but Richie, um, thanks for joining me as always. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. You know how big of a game is this for you uh, against Wolves on Sunday?
1: Well, that old cliche isn't it? Your next game is the most important game, but it couldn't be more important than after the run we've had on uh, the last few games. But you know, you got to remember that we've played three of the big, well, the so-called big six in the last three games. You know what? Yes, we haven't scored but we've had a right go at each of them. Well, perhaps not yesterday not in, in the final, we didn't, I don't think we could, we could have probably, as you met uh, Alex mentioned earlier the night uh, when he was on the show from uh, True Faith, you know, he, he was a little bit disappointed that like we didn't really have a proper go at Man United in the final. And I sort of agreed with him on that, but if you look at how we did, you know, 10 men against Liverpool, we were probably the better side there. Yeah. And we were the team on top until Bernardo Silva scored the second, and we just didn't hit our chances in either of the game. So, you know, we could be sitting here if we took our chances with a lot more points and a lot more upbeat good into this game. But because obviously the way the results have gone and Liverpool have now started picking up points, which nobody expected about a month ago. Uh, and now we're in sixth. Luckily, yeah, we've got games in hand, which would put us back to fourth if we were both of them. Um, so to, uh, we said last week, the ball's in our court. It's up to us. if we, you know, If we take care of our results, nobody else can do anything about it. So, you know, it starts on Sunday, uh, and we've got two teams. Our next two fixtures obviously Wolves on Sunday, and then next Friday we've got Forrester away. Two teams battling for their lives down the wrong end of the table. But at the end of the day, you know, we're at the right end of the table for a change, battling for a potential Champions League place. So, it's a huge game on various different fronts. There's, there's probably been... It's usually been the other way around. Over recent years, Wolves have been battling for European race and we've been trying to avoid relegation. So it's nice to have it you know, the rules reverse, Richard. and I'm not sure having so much pressure, if that makes it. It's nice to have the pressure that we're in rather than looking over our shoulder, relegation championship pressure. Do you know what I mean?
0: It is for us. Uh, I think uh, little Dan will, will, will disagree with that, <laughs> that's for sure. But look, it's um, it's going to be interesting because. Uh, you know, we'll get his thoughts very, very shortly on all things Wolves um, because you know there, there has been a little bit of an upturn with regards to their, their performances recently. But, um, as we always do, uh, say welcome to everyone in the chat, um, Doug Hall, uh, Lisa Mowell, of course, as always. Um, hope you are well. Uh, the Two for Life follows us everywhere, um, does he? Um, uh, the loaded family um, Michael Palmer um, yeah I saw that comment earlier on in the chat Michael I, I, I see everything uh, but yes I, I do talk sense um, so yeah I thought I, I'd, I'd let you know about that one PDK great to see you uh, as always um, um, Kamal um, Paul uh, you got Nathan in the chat um, you know, we've, we've got many more um, and of course Tom Dixon uh, always in the chat as well. Welcome in and uh, get your questions in for Little Dan because, as always, we we'll, on away days, we uh, we do this for the opposition's view to get their perspective on things. And it's an absolute pleasure uh, for most fan cast, Little Dan. Uh, welcome in. How are you? Two things right from the off. <laughs> right from the off,
2: yeah. that's That Stranger Things intro has got some right upside-down characters in the intro. <laughs> and secondly, I'll be on this show so many times, everyone. Oh, my face hasn't even made that ugly intro. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hey, that's Daz. You're not. To, you're not. You're not having a go at who's Daz is the one that put <laughs> these together. So look, Daz, he'll be watching. Um, uh, uh, whether he's in the chat or watching later back, Daz, you know what to do. Little Dan ain't happy. He needs to be in that intro. That's I mean, all he's, he's saying.
2: On pay per view, Pete, you know this. I I know this.
0: You (laughs) know what it is, Pete. You know you do. Daz just making sure that we'll
1: stay up first before you put the edited version for next season. (laughs) I I, I can't
2: knock that. Daz, if if that's the genuine reason, I can't knock it.
0: We'll only, we'll only wait and find out. I'm sure Daz will tell us. uh, That's for sure. But look, as always, uh, this must be. This is is this your hat trick ball? This got to be the hat trick ball, surely? Or maybe so? Yeah. Last time I had COVID, if you remember.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you were ill. You were really ill. Yeah. And it sold yeah. You it
2: it the time, yeah. It's, it's always a pleasure to come here. It. It's literally the the YouTube channel that I look forward to the most because you, you talk about sort of football rivalry, football banter and stuff. I've never known a comment section like yours. It's the most friendliest like comment section in in, in the Premier in Premier League history. You guys <laughs> like Arsenal or, or whoever, It's just toxic from the moment you turn up. <laughs> but you, I love coming on this channel. Uh, thanks for having me again.
1: You've got, I've got to say, Dan, you've got the wealth, the wealth wel- messages I coming through already. Like, welcome, Dan, uh, PDK, love this guy, welcome, little Dan. Uh, even, it-
0: even, <laughs> when the,
2: even when the end was no, with you, like, everyone was still friendly, you're like touching Europe and like everyone's still buzzing to have me on.
0: Yeah, look, we appreciate other opposition fans or the fans of other clubs and. Um, the, the one thing we love about our, our loaded chat is that they that they are respectful. Um, and, and I think you're right, you know, looking on other channels and you watch other channels, you see some of the comments, it, it can be toxic at times. It can be really, really toxic. But but we, uh, you know, we're not. And, and look, look, there was already a question in there. Um...
2: Great question. Great question um, from Michael Palmer asking me, does um, size matter? What, what I always say is we're all the same line down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it I love it, <laughs> I love it. Uh, what a way to start uh, Daz is in the chat, he is, he's here um, and uh, yeah I'm sure he's picked up on your on your message about getting him in on the intro, so look dazzle that, uh, at some point between now and then the season work is magic I, I can, can, can.
2: see Lisa burrowing, burrowing away in the comments section as always, the mole
0: yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> literally I love it. but look, um of course, uh, you're on the show because we have a big game on Sunday and look for you guys, you know the last time we spoke to you earlier on in the season it wasn't it wasn't the best start for you guys and it didn't get any better after our game obviously it was it was one all at molyneux um and at that point you had a you had a little bit of a downturn but, this man's come in and it seems to be going in the right direction. I mean, you look at the league, it's um it's you know, not where you would have wanted to have been, but where you were a number of weeks ago, it's certainly an improvement. So look, just, just assess what Lopetegui's done for Wolves since he's come in and, and assess where you are right now as a club going into the last fourteen games of the season
2: fundamentally, he's just raised the standards to an appropriate level. There was sort of comments that were made earlier on in the in the summer transfer window of Wolves signing players without doing thorough medicals, which, if you're not, I'm not sure if you're aware, we, we signed a striker called Sasak from Germany, yeah. who um, his ACL went on his debut. Apparently, his medical wasn't thoroughly carried out, and he'd, he'd already had one of these ACLs a year before. Um, Bruno Large if you go back, before um, he joined Wolves, he had one good stint at Benfica where he, he won the league in his first season and then things collapsed. Before that, he was Carlos Carvajal's assistant manager at Sheffield Wednesday in the Championship. He he was clearly out of his depth. Um, for me, he wasn't really given a, f- a fair crack at it. When he joined the club, he said, I need four players. He was given one. Um, but literally from this time last year, February onwards, we, we just collapsed under Bruno Large and it, and he took... Until literally December this year, uh, sorry last year, to to finally get back to the levels we expect of our Wolves team because you still look at our squad on paper, it's it's still a team that should be pushing top eight with the players that we've still got at our disposal. Definitely,
0: And and there are there are some very. Very good players uh, in your team. Uh, that is for sure. And look, I wasn't going to come to it this early. Um, we're not getting
2: uh, Ruben Neves <laughs> You're not I'm that
0: not... team yet. You're not that team. Look, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. Look, I'm just, just saying. We were linked with him in January. That's and me
2: shaking here... my fist at you. <laughs>
0: All I'm going to say, I'm going to to uh, let people know uh, the story because obviously the news broke in January and one of the first things I thought was, oh, I wonder what Dan will think about this. So I dropped you a message and your message back to me wasn't the most polite, should I say. Um, Well,
2: purely because you never even said, hello, how are you at the start? It was just (laughs) straight. We're coming to take your captain, the love of your life. (laughs) Have you feel about it?
0: I was just... I was just so intrigued. I just wanted to get your your initial thoughts that I I didn't actually say hello and I did apologise for that. But look, what does he mean to you guys? And, um, you know, there's clear links there with with, with Newcastle United. They haven't gone away. Some of our journalists are saying we're looking at potentially going back in in the summer for him. Um, Where does he stand with you? Obviously, he's, he's the captain at this moment in time. Um, you know, how, how big of an influence has he had since Lopetegui's come in?
2: It's it's he's going back five years. Pete, he's, he's he's been integral to it to everything that's got us. We had our run in Europe, he was a key player in that. He, he was probably our best player in the in the championship season, maybe joint with Diago Jota. He's just an exceptional footballer. A footballer from a technical point of view, I don't think I've seen as good in a wolf shutting. In my lifetime, Gian um, Martino is probably—I'm going to say—probably the best player I've ever seen in the wall shirt. Gian Martino, but Ruben Neves, with maybe another sort of couple of years legacy behind him probably exceeds uh, Martino. The, the the both exceptional players, players I never thought would even sort of grace Molyneux. It's Ruben Neves, I, I still—I'm still unsure of how good a captain he is. I think he's one of those players. That leads, by example, on the pitch, but I'm not sure how good of a, a character he is in, an, in and around the dressing room. He, he's, he's still only sort of mid-20s, I believe, so he's still good got a, a massive career ahead of him. But the, the thing with me, I think I might have said this to you before, Pete, is that uh, we all love Ruben Nevers at, at Molyneux to the point that n- nobody wants him to leave, but we can sort of tolerate that he, he needs to play... Champions League football or at least minimum Europa League because he is that much of a talent.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, honestly, how did you guys get him in the championship? Like, I still remember that. That was, if I'm right in thinking, wasn't he like the record signing in the championship of like 20 million when when you actually bought him, uh, Ruben Neves? It was crazy. Um, Like what what you guys, what you guys were able to do at that point. he just gone on leaps and bounds. And like Rich, I, I don't I want to get your, your thoughts on Ruben Neves because it feels like it feels like he's been around for years. It feels like he's been around for like a decade and he's still only what yeah. twenty-five, maybe nearly twenty six. To be fair, he looks a lot older than twenty-five as well though. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Is that the stress of is that the stress of playing for Wolves?
1: Yeah, it's probably the interviews he has to do with little dad on a weekly basis as well or something like that.
2: I wish, I wish we could get him on our channel. <laughs> I, would, I would pay good money to get Ruben on our channel just to tell him how much he means to the fan base. Like I said, he, he's he been huge for me without going into too much detail. Foot, football for everyone's mental health is massive, isn't it? And there's, there's been times I've had seriously low low, low moments, uh, losses in, with family. And, and he's the player who's always turned up with the next winning goal. He's
0: He's, he's been huge for me. Definitely, and it, it it can't be underestimated. Uh, like I, I think that the interesting bit that you said Pete, about Nevers and it's it sort of
1: links to Newcastle quite well. He buys into a project, which is what you could like about Newcastle, obviously from the joint Wolves in, as you said, in the Championship, and it's obviously it, there was a, just after that time when obviously all the Portugal influx came into Wolves, and that's probably one of the reasons why he may have come in because obviously he, he knew a lot of the staff that were coming in, at, players and stuff like that, so. He's not afraid of a project and developing with a club and stuff like that. So I think that's one of the reasons why Newcastle are potentially looking at him because he's got the right character to develop his career in the right way. And he can obviously, I think if you look at the way things are probably going now, you know, obviously it wouldn't have been over the last few years, Newcastle's probably going to be a progressive step for, New- for uh, Ruben Neves if he was to leave. Uh, and obviously it looks like there's going to be potentially European football of some sort next season for Newcastle. So obviously that's going to test him even further as well. So I think he'd be, he'd be ideal for ideal uh, player for Newcastle. I think he's a fantastic player.
0: Definitely. And um, actually, Daz is in the chat and uh, he he mentioned something uh, the other day in regards to Ruben Neves and Wolves in particular. Um, so I'll bring it up with you now, just while we're on the conversation. Um, from right thinking, he's on nine bookings this season that could result in a two-match ban and uh, obviously I think Daz had one of the questions he actually put it in in the comments um on the Loaded channel um on Twitter today with regards to you know would would Wolves consider dropping him on Sunday in order to keep him available potentially for two other games I think you've got I think you've got Forest and you've got um, at somebody Leeds, else
2: Leeds, Leeds. Leeds is at, leads at home next to them Forest away which like you said it's it's two huge games but what Rich said earlier like you, you, your next game is your most important I don't think we can afford to be resting him it's just one of them that we, we've got to just run the gauntlet and but to be honest it, it's got to the point recently um, since we saw Mario Lamina Ruben hasn't been as in, integral I think we we can sort of adapt with, without Newt Ruben to a degree. Obviously, it'd be a massive, just like Bruno has been for you in the games that he's, he's missed for you this season. But yeah. I think we've got, we've got a midfield sort of, um, obviously we've got Jean Matinho, Mateus Nunez, Mario Lamina, we signed uh, we've signed Jean Gomez recently. We've got players that can fill in and maybe just tweak the the tactical style for a couple of games. Um, I just think we've got to run the goal. Look, I, I... It's a player I don't think you can afford to drop, but we can adapt if when he does become suspended because he's not avoiding this suspension now. It's there's too many games for him to avoid a booking.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you you mentioned um, uh, Mario Lemina as well. He, he came in. I'll be honest with you, when he came from Juventus and he went to Southampton, I was shocked. I, I was very very surprised because he's a talented midfielder. He obviously then went to Nice. If I'm right in thinking from from Southampton, he didn't do very well there. He wasn't great there. He's gone to Nice. He's done well there, and now he's come to you guys. And you've said that since he's come into the team, that he hasn't that that, that Ruben Neves hasn't been as integral in that midfield, um, or certainly as noticeable in his performances. Um, as as he would normally be. What 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 has this guy done that's made the difference since he's come into the team? Obviously, I, I think if I remember, remember rightly, did he get sent off against Southampton? Yeah, just a
2: ridiculous sending off. You you, you know crazy. the one he got he got he got a second yellow for running towards the ref. Uh, apparently, the the rule is uh, any more than two two or more players running towards the ref the referee can book a player. And then, obviously, the consistency hasn't followed through by the refs since. As it's just another, it's another case of just incompetence by the by the referees in the Premier League. Luckily, on the day, we we managed to st- still get three points, but the decision at the time was just ridiculous.
0: Definitely. But what 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 has he done since he's coming to the team? How how much of a difference has he made, and in, in what way? I, I think we've. I'm not sure who the Newcastle equivalent was, but I know there's been
2: other teams in the football pyramid who compared compared their defensive midfielders to the to the line, you know, Earth's covered by two-thirds of water and Mario Lamina covers the rest, that sort of line, you know what I mean? He literally, when we beat Liverpool at 3-0 at home the other week, he it would have been easier to do a sort of uh, a, a, a blade of grass map, which he didn't run on the day because he was literally everywhere. He, we, we've we obviously transitioned to a back four at the start of this season. Uh, Mario Alamena sometimes slips into that back two centre-backs when we're a bit under the cosh. But it's also allowed Ruben Nevers to be a bit more advanced, which, is, which everyone knows he has got a great passing range, whereas in the past he's he's been too deep to really get us on the front foot against teams. And he's been. It was such a cheap buy, Mario Lamina. It's such a shrewd bit of business by Wolves because, like I said, some of our transfer recruitment in the last eighteen months under Bruno Lage, which I think was heavily Jorge Mendes led, was just a, a, a tragedy. We're moving away from Jorge Mendes now. It's it's it's, it's really come to, come home to roost. That he's, he's supplied us with a few gems, but he's really us with a few really bad
0: eggs. Yeah. It has been a bit of a mixed bag with, with you guys. But um Richie, just hearing hearing uh Dan talk about Lamina, it almost I don't know if, if you agree with this, it almost make, reminds me of, of Newcastle's perspective of like Joe Linton in terms yeah. of how, how he covers the ground and how he gets about. And and that almost just reminds me how disappointed I am that he's gonna miss the game on Sunday because he Joe Linton would be it's an absolutely massive miss, you know, from a Newcastle perspective. How are we going to combat that type of midfield when you've got Lamina, um, covering every, every blade of grass and you've got Ruben Neves on the ball? You know, how big of a miss is Joe Linton going to be for us?
1: It'll always be a miss now that he's, he's made that set, set of midfield role, he's on with uh, with Bruno. But we we knew he had you know that nine cards hanging over him and you know we discussed it last week did you know have we, we was it better for us to have him for the final and also against Liverpool and Man City similar to what, he's, what they've got with Ruben Neves. you know it's a really similar situation uh, so it's yeah it's an interesting one yes we, yes we'll miss him Um obviously Wolves and Forest and obviously you'll be back for some bigger games, which I suppose is better for us, realistically, for where we are in the table and what's got going forward. But I think one thing you've got to remember is, obviously, we've, already, we've now already got three centre midfielders, so they picked themselves on Sunday. But one of them has got, he's covered the most ground full stop in the Premier League out of all Premier League players, and Sean Longstaff. Uh, and we also know that Joe Willick, you know, he's a non-stop runner as well. So we've got two lads either side of Bruno, who we know is... Pr- He's probably been the, the you know the best set of midfielder in the Premier League this season, and in my opinion, anyway. And um, you know if, if if you take out the team and Newcastle just aren't the same team full stop, which showed when he was out suspended for those three games after he got sent off in the uh, semi final of the Carabao Cup. So it's it's you know it's it's interesting on that, but I think it, there's enough in our midfield to cope with what Wolves will bring on there and Sunday, obviously we've got the 12th man behind us as well. So it's you know it's. Late, you know, tea time kick off as well, so it will get dark with the floodlights. And we know what St. James Park's like under the floodlights. We do, we do. Uh, I mean, 11. Pete,
2: Pete, before before you carry on, you it, definitely. You talk about sort of Ruben Neves. Ruben Neves will be a great replacement for Bruno Gomes when he goes to Real Madrid.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: oh, don't start this. Pressing the don't button,
2: you're gonna press the button. You,
3: you,
2: <coughs> you know so we've got more. We've got December, more buttons to press. Since December, you've been winding up about Ruben Neves. <laughs> Gimérez is on his way out as well. All <laughs>
0: right, we've got more buttons to press, Dan, don't it. Hey, hey, Dan, what I, will, what I will say to that, because we did discuss this yesterday about Bruno Gimérez, and and look, I, I said on our review show at the weekend, I was worried, you know, that teams would start sniffing around. It, it, the, there's articles come out today saying that, you know, Chelsea inquired about him in January um, and are looking to go back in for, me, for him again in the summer, uh, Bruno Gimérez, that is. Obviously, Real Madrid had been watching him a long time. Pep Guardiola after the Man City game, um, well-documented, you know, interrupted one of his South American interviews to, to kind of speak to him. Um, and he kind of then translated in English what 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 was said in that little conversation. You know, there's lots of rumblings going on. And, and, and you're right to point the finger and say, you know, he could be off to Real Madrid. And, and look. In a number of years' time, that may well be the case. But what I will say to that is that um, from what I've heard in the last 24, 48 hours, I think there's probably more chance of Bruno Gamera signing an extension on his deal. To be the fair,
1: minute. Pete, Luke Edwards did report the day that he's a uh, Newcastle and talks about extending his contract.
0: Mm. Yeah, exactly that. And I think, you know, our, our question at the weekend, Richie, was, you know, um, you know how quickly will... Will Newcastle get that that new contract? Um, you know, signed signed and sealed and and delivered. And it seems like this week they're all, they're working on it, and I wouldn't be surprised that very soon it happens. But obviously, from the outside in, you know your your opinions on Bruno Gameras. Um, Dan, you know how how good is he from a, from a from an opposition's point of view? From what you've seen this season of Newcastle, you know you, you clearly talk about him and, and, and you know he is a good player. But how good do you think he could potentially be?
2: I mean, he's been a great upgrade on John Joe Shelby, hasn't he? <laughs> I mean, just we're just, we're, we're taking the piss, sort of thing. It's it's surely great for a Newcastle fan to to see your players being linked with Real Madrid compared to some of the players that you've had in. In, in recent years, that would probably would have been linked to sort of, I don't know, Raul Zaragoza on loan or something. Then Real Madrid. Um, he, he's talented. He's he's got he's, he's an all-round midfielder, isn't he? You look at his stats, the games that you've won with and without him. Is he's, is he's, he's clear. He's, he's massive to the way that you play. I'm not I'm not sure what his character like compared to sort of Ruben Nevers. The, the reason why I don't think Ruben Nevers will end up at Newcastle is I don't think he's He's money-oriented. I, I, I do believe there will be a Champions League side that comes in for him in the summer. Um, I, I don't think Wolves will stand in his way this summer if a, if a half-decent bid comes in for him. I don't think he's going to take sort of 40, 50 million. I think we might get sort of 30, 35 million paying for Ruben really? He's only got one year left on his contract. He, he he was supposed to have left last summer. Yeah. He was in he was in tears uh, in front of our main stand at the last time game last season because... Everyone was of the impression that he was leaving. Um, Barstano have been heavily linked to him. Um, Man United yes. have been linked to him for a while. Um, obviously, Newcastle have been linked to him. I think it all depends on whether you guys can can nick top four. I think if you nick top four, he's, it'd be now no for him to join you guys if uh, you were to put an actual bid in. But um, I think he's just going to fall short this year. I'm sorry. No. There
1: was the question came in before, sorry Pete, just I um, worry about Neves and possibly not go to Newcastle, there was a question came in before uh, and it literally was, where where do you think uh, Ruben Neves will will end up? If you obviously don't think he possibly go to Newcastle.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like he's been trying to, Jorge Mendes has been trying to orchestrate a move for him to go to um, Barcelona. Um, apparently sort of visit Juan Laporta or, whoever's sort of running Barcelona wants to bring Ruben Neves there, but Xavi's not overly keen on Ruben Neves. Apparently he wants Ramendi from... Uh, can yeah, yeah, I was going to say Raul Zaragoza again, but yeah, Raul <laughs> Um is yeah. on the green. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, I, I mean, ideally for
2: me, would just join someone outside the Premier League. It, obviously, I, I wasn't even joking. Pete. It would be heartbreaking to see him play for another team in the Premier League.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, no, I I, know, I understand that. And to be fair, you know, it, we've, we've had players that have moved in the past that I think, from a Newcastle perspective, that we found very difficult, um, you know, playing for another team. <laughs> Nine <laughs> times out of ten, because the score bastards went the come back. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, who
1: are the
0: like,
2: examples of that, Pete?
0: Uh, well, for, for me, um, Andy Cole. Andy Cole was, was the one. Um, me, me and my brother were in bits. That day, I didn't believe it. we would come back from school and and heard the news. And I I was I was only I was a lot younger. Uh, my brother was older. He's, it, we were just both in bits. But I I just didn't did not believe it. And then to see him not only score goals in, in the Man United shirt, but then the the goal that he scored on his first game against us at Old Trafford after like a few minutes, it was just like fuck. Like it was it was heartbreaking to see that. Um, and, and interestingly, you talked about around Real Madrid, Newcastle link. You know, I was also heartbroken when Jonathan Woodgate left us. Um, I always remember um, hearing the news that it had been confirmed. It was obviously rumble was going on and, and obviously Jonathan Woodgate, he was only with us a short period of time. But even up until recently, and I think, Richie, you'll agree with this as well, because we've done our kind of like all-time Newcastle 11s and whatever. And Jonathan Woodgate, even for the short period he was at the club, is probably one of the best centre-backs that we've ever had at the club, even for that short period. He was outstanding for us. And I genuinely believe that with him, long-term, without injuries, if he'd have stayed at Newcastle, I genuinely believe one would have had more of a title tilt, um, uh, um uh, like further down the line and equally I, and i genuinely believe this and people will shoot me down for it i genuinely believe that jonathan woodgate was better than both rio Ferdinand and john terry um as a center back i genuinely believe that but we That's just we we never got to see the quality that he had he 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 would he could play in this modern day football now his ability on the ball was flawless um, his, you know, he 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 was one of those in the Premier League that created, being a ball playing centre back. Everyone talks about Rio Fernand being that guy. That's because he won multiple trophies, Premier Leagues, Champions League with Man United, and that everyone sees him as that ball playing centre back. But Jonathan Woodgate was the one that would broke out before him, and and on a bigger scale. And I just think. Yeah, I, I could talk all day about that, but that's just my. I think
1: like the point you've got to sub that to what your basis is Real Madrid never went after Ferdinand or John Terry.
0: Mm. Yeah, uh, and and that's the thing. And and like, look, I I hope I hope Bruno Gomes doesn't go there, but it's like, like Dan said: to to have teams like that linked with your player shows how good a player that we've got, um, and we don't want to let those sort of players leave um it is kind of what, what what I'm getting at but look it, like we, we've kind of uh, gone off gone off of course there a little bit but um yeah it, it's uh you know Jonathan woodgate david Janola, um andy cole les fernandez uh, Fernand, um is another one it, it, you know it, you, you could go on. I mean, he didn't go directly to another Premier League club, but Johan Kabai, when he came back and went to Palace, I'm like, really? Palace? You're going to you're coming back to England to place play for Palace. Now I'm saying that <laughs> and I know Dan that <laughs> you have your disagreements with D on the back of that. So I'm not gonna bring that up, but like I always I, I was distraught at that because you know, under any other ownership, we'd have brought him back after PSG. We'd have brought him back to Newcastle and he could have played there. And He still talks about it in such a positive light now. Johan Yo- Yo- but-
2: Kuboy was a special midfielder. Wolves tried to sign him before Newcastle and our chairman wouldn't pay the pay of the money. I think he was linked to Johan Kuboy and and Denver Bar. And both of those guys ended up at Newcastle. And that was Mick, Mick, Mick McCarthy pretty much didn't really last much longer that, that season because he never got backed.
0: Yeah, it, 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 there you go. It's weird, like how so many teams were linked with, with the same players, and it all kind of falls in in, in a certain direction. But, but look, we, like we, we could we could go on about that uh, all day. The one thing I do want to talk to you about is is look, it looks like there are a hell of a lot of teams in a relegation battle. You are, and I've not got the bottom of the league for a reason. Um, you are in twenty seven points. Thirteenth um, place in the league. I would say maybe eight weeks ago, you were probably in a relegation battle. But do you believe now that you are not in a relegation battle with the with with the work that you've done in previous weeks and some of the results that you've got? Most notably, the the fantastic win and you helped us out by the way. Thank you for that. Um, that late that late winner against uh, Tottenham last weekend.
2: No, no chance. We're, we're only we're only six points off the bottom three, and like I said, we've got we're six points in front of Leeds, and in in three games time we've got Leeds. Oh, sorry, two games we've got Leeds, and then we have got Forest the weekend after. Um, ask me after that Forest away game on the first of April. I think we've, we've got twelve games left. I, I personally think we need twelve points for the next twelve games to stay up. So I'd hope that there's there's three teams definitely below us that aren't going to get more than than that. Um, but now we're still in the relegation battle. I, I, I like the league. If, if he was offered me thirteenth, now I'd bought your hand off it because I just think fatigue in the summer. If he, if he gets backed, who knows where we could end up next season? We could be similar to you guys, where he's bottom at Christmas, and hopefully we're pushing back. Oh, I want to be back on that battleground Europe episode. <laughs> look,
0: look, um, it's in the works. It's in the works. Uh, Battleground Europe um, I'm more than happy to have you on I'm sure many others are look let's face it if Lawless is going to be coming on it you can be coming on it as well I, I,
2: matter. Matter. I keep saying Lawless needs to be so, needs to be on up a championship roundup because they're going down <laughs>
0: I right. don't get him started on that, but look, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about Grand Europe. That's for sure. We'll try and uh, we'll try and work something out, maybe over the uh, international break coming up in a, in a few weeks' time. But look, um, Richie, little Dan doesn't think that he's in a relegation battle, like, or he does think he's in a relegation battle. Sorry, still. Do you think Wolves are in a relegation battle?
1: I think mathematically, yeah. Because if you look at from. 12th to 20th, I think there's six points split in them. Uh, because there's so much, uh, so many points still available to play for, you have to really say that they are. Uh, I think Aston Villa up, you you probably realistically if You know, you, the seven point gap between those, you, you look at Palace down, Palace aren't on a good run at the minute. Uh, Forrester hit you missy. Wolves, they've had a bit more of an upturn. Uh, they've got some favourable. Um, you know, fixtures coming up after the Newcastle game as well against rivals around them, which, you know, if, if they were to get six points off that, that puts them in 33 points. You know, after that, you're looking at what, 28 games, 10 games to realistically get nine points, the four, magic 40 point mark. So you're you realistic, you know, yes, they're, they're still in the battle now, but I would say, that I think there's, there's, there's a lot, there's definitely three worst teams down. I think you've got to look at Southampton, Bournemouth. Uh, Everton, Apua, Leeds, even West Ham. I think uh, probably Forest as well. I think that there, it's, it's going to be three of those. I think Palace and Wolves will be safe. Uh, you know, when you've got people like for Palace, you, you've got obviously Zaha, you've got Elise, Eze, you've got, you know, game changers in there. I think they need to play the teams a bit more in those games. I think, you know, when you've got like Jordan, are you and stuff, wasting sitters and getting starts over some of the players? I haven't got a clue why he's he's playing, to be honest with you. And obviously, Wolves have got quality players in their squad as well, so there are they can be potential match winners. It only takes one bit of quality to to win it. You know, with these relegation uh, game, we know how it is. You know, one it's, like you, it's not about the performance; it's about the result at the end of it. If you win one nil, the one bit of quality it's all that makes a difference. So Wolves have got that quality in the squad. You know, it could be a Neves free kick. Do you know what I mean? You've, you look, remember his goal against Newcastle in, in the uh, start of the season? It was a fantastic hit. Uh you know what i mean so there was it was a goal of two fantastic uh a game of two fantastic goals should i say uh in that game as well so you know it's it's about quality and, and, and the wolves have got that
0: over the teams around them okay really good segue richie into the next um uh, conversation from your perspective going into this game who do you think are your your standout players the players the you know mm. give it give us a few players that, you, that for people in the chat and people that are watching that we may need to look out for. We've obviously we've obviously had the conversation about Ruben Neves. We know his quality, we know what he's about. But who else in there is is someone that we need to uh, be, be keeping an eye on? Yeah, are you
2: asking me, mate. Now I'm asking you. Oh, still, was witch, sorry. I'm no, 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 I no, was asking you. <laughs> um, to be honest, but from your
0: perspective, who 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 are your who are your players at Wolves that who, that we need to be watching out for on Sunday? Who who do we need to be keeping an eye out for?
2: Based on the last game, Raúl Jiménez. Genuinely, I, I we've, we've said so many times on our podcast over the last eighteen months that he was finished. that the injuries completely ruined him as a player. But he came on after I think it was 20, 25 minutes against Tottenham, and it was the sharpest he's looked in eighteen months. He he was outstanding last week. There was one there was one moment during the game where he literally um, stopped a Tottenham counter attack and um, intercepted it, cleared it out for a corner, and he had that much energy. He obviously created the goal. Um, he got his he had a nice little touch away from the defender, got his shot away, and we haven't seen this in him in as, in, a, in a while. He was unlucky not to score with a header. I think if the pitch had been just slightly bit wetter, Fraser Force wouldn't have got anywhere near it. Um, he looked he looked outstanding. Val um, Jimenez did last weekend. Um, Ad- Adama Traore looked sharp when he came on at half-time. Mateus Nunes is an absolute baller, but we still haven't seen the best of him in a Wolves shirt yet. We're still waiting for that, that standout game where he finally unveils himself to the Premier League because he's another player who, who we expect in the summer to to leave to join a better side because he keeps on being linked to Liverpool, so he's definitely a player. But uh, like I said, we're still have that breakout game from him yet. How much did you sign him for? I think it was around the thirty-two million pound mark over five years, with like obviously thirty-two plus um, plus add-ons. But from what we gather, this was. A move where he was going to end up joining Liverpool for slightly more. We're, we're going to make a slight profit maybe in the summer on him. So we've basically just paid a loan fee of whatever thirty two over a five year period. Is in for one for one year and then sell him on for profit. It's it's money laundering, lads. Every football club's at it. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, many, including apparently Man City, who were. Uh, uh, uh now a...
2: everyone apart from Man City. Everyone <laughs> apart from Man City. Oh, I'll let that, that good, um, fair, responsible club be uh, tarnished. The good <laughs> guys Man City are.
0: They're the only ones doing it right then, apparently.
1: Yeah.
2: They, they, get, <laughs> they get more revenue than Real Madrid, Man United. So, I mean, obviously their books have got to be corrupt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely. Um, the one player that I'm not sure about and I heard... Could be potentially injured um, uh, severely. Actually, after the game on Saturday, is this man? Is is, is the is is that is that a, is that rumor true that he he's he's suffered quite a bad injury?
2: Nothing official has come out from the club yet on Diego Costa. He did seem to have quite a a heavy landing on his leg on his knee, which may have resulted in some form of ligament damage, but he, he left Molyneux um, walking on Saturday after the game. He wasn't on crutches or he didn't have sort of a, a knee support on, so hopefully it isn't as severe as it looked when he was stretched off, but it's it's a bit sort of unsavoury, but if he, if he didn't play another game for Wolves, I wouldn't be disappointed. He's, really? He's, Not he's, good. He he joined us and it's basically just been a holiday for him to a degree. We were so desperate for a striker at the time. Um, he was available. We, I think we signed him in. I think he was maybe October. He hadn't played a competitive game since the November before, and he's he's not he ain't a spring chicken anymore, is he? We we all thought he was going to be you know at least half prime Diego Costa, but he just hasn't really been. Anywhere near it. He's, he has looked a lot trimmer in probably the last six weeks, but I just think he's, he's he's come to the end of his career now. It's it's a hard job playing up front for Wolves at the best of times. I think you could put Haaland or Mbappe up front for Wolves and they'd the, the only just about break double figures because we just don't really create our centre-forwards clear-cut chances. That's why we're down the bottom. We haven't had a striker score for over 365 days for Wolves now. Wow.
0: That's a, a hell of a long time, um, but interesting because I was I was actually intrigued about that battle with Diego Costa um, that, that could potentially be on Sunday with the likes of Botman and maybe Shaw or, or even Lascelles. We, we we don't know, um, but uh, to, because he started, didn't he against against um, Spurs? So I was assuming that would be the case, but I'd heard that he he got a bad injury. So well. We'll see on that one. One player, and I think one or two in the chat have mentioned him actually. Um, that a lot of Newcastle fans, Chris in particular, if I am loaded, is is very interested in um, because we're looking at a new a, a new left back potentially uh, in the summer. And I am sorry to come for another one of your players. I feel really bad. Press the
2: button. We feel
0: like we press the button, we're, yeah, we're sure like the button fine, but but but, um, but um, is is been kind of talked about. As a real, you know, prospect and, and, and a top player, um, I've noticed in the squad that he didn't come on a sub uh, uh, um, on Saturday. He was on the bench. He didn't come on. But how is he? How is he settled in at, at Wolves this season? How is he? You know, how is he getting on for you guys? Is he a regular? Um, you know, is he? Is he kind of playing a squad role coming in here and there? Like, what is he in? How do you rate him as a player?
2: Outstanding player. Absolutely outstanding player. I, genu- I genuinely thought he was going to go on to be France's main left back until he changed allegiances to uh, uh, Algeria uh, before the World Cup. He's he's, he's outstanding. He's, he's one of the best left backs. He, he's still learning his craft. He's still a bit naive in some of his decision-making. He does seem to be a bit um, aloof. He, he, there has been times where... He hasn't looked like he's putting a proper warm up. Um, there has been times, especially last season, where he couldn't complete 90 minutes without getting some form of cramp. He is still a bit, he, he's still a bit raw. But there's, he is, he has got a special talent. I have made the the unsavoury joke, unsavoury joke that he's the second best dribbler in the Premier League behind Harry Kane. Um, <laughs> he is. He's, he's. such a. He's such a talent. Pay. I've. I've. never seen. I'm sorry. I've never seen. He's. A, he's a great dribbler. There's some instances where I've said you put him in a phone box with another fullback and he gets out of it. He's, he's. that good at dribbling. His defensive work could be improved, but that will come with age and experience around it. I think, like whoever said, he in the in the comment section. He's a. He's a massive talent. Um, under Lopetegui, he's been sort of utilised predominantly as a squad player. Purely due to the fact that Hugo Breno has been brilliant since he's been given his chance at left-back. And um, in in certain games where we've gone into the game looking like we're going to be sort of limited on possession, he's been using Nori as a, a left winger, which has benefited Nori quite well to a degree. Um, another player that Wolves will make very good profit on when the day he does come to leave. is just who he ends up leaving for.
0: Interesting, um, Richie. Obviously, we know Chris talks about him a lot, he really rates him as a player. Would you Would you take him? Sorry, Dan, would you take him <laughs> to Newcastle? Uh, just just pod it again. I apologize,
1: yeah, I would. I th- I, from what I've seen, I've, I've, I've actually been really impressed with him. And um, I was surprised, obviously, when I learned that Hugo Brenner would uh, take taking his place off him in uh, eight, he was a bit more of a squad player this year. I thought that was really surprising. Uh, but you know that's what happens if, if someone else gets the shirt and makes it their own. That's what that's what happens, isn't it? So it's uh, it, it just proves that you've got two decent left backs at the club at the moment. So uh, obviously one's going to be up for sale, and hopefully it's the one you know Newcastle could put a in or or someone else might do. But yeah, I think he'd be one of the three that are probably available in the Premier League. I'd be keeping an eye on going forward. He's, as Dan says, you. You know, he's similar sort of full back to what Trippier is. He was fantastic going forward. The defensive side of things obviously will work on when he gets you know a bit more experience and gain some age. Uh, and we know what Eddie Howe's like. You know, with developing young players, um, he's done wonders with some of the, cl- the lads we've got in the club already. Um, and obviously, he's bringing younger players in, like Anthony Gordon's just coming to the club as well. So. He's not afraid to take the risk on younger Premier League. As long as they've got the, the experience, the Premier League can handle it, which obviously I don't know who he's got. So it's it's definitely what I can imagine Newcastle being in for. And considering, but as we said, there's a few other left backs out there. You know, we we talked about Anthony Robinson from Fulham the other day. Uh, he's he's a fantastic left back as well. Uh, you know, you, you like the guy. It. Uh, you know Kyle Walker Peters. It's uh, it's Southampton. Obviously, right. you know he plays he can play on both flanks, which is obviously a, a bonus for him as well, sort of thing. So, there's, look, there's plenty out there. But then there's other ones like you know that last last summer we looked at you know Mitchell Bagger from obviously you know when he was at P S G, he's gone over to Leverkusen now. So there's and Ruben Soos. So, the list could go on. There's loads that we've looked at and we're still looking yeah. at. And you know I I think we'll definitely be buying a left back this summer. Because uh, it's one of the areas that we drastically need to improve on. Uh, who it'll be, we'll never know—not until the summer, anyway.
2: Do you, yeah. do you guys remember the Nickelodeon show, yeah. Doug Funny? Nick, I
0: remember Nickelodeon, but what, what which program? Doug Funny. Doug Funny.
2: No, get, I don't. Get yourself on Google. Search Doug Funny. It looks like Matt Target.
0: <laughs> That's the most random like spot of a channel to a player I've ever Gable. seen.
2: Get Doug Funny up on your phones. He basically the only reason he looks like Matt Target is because Matt Target has just got the tiniest pupils, the, t- the tiniest like just facial features, and a big head.
0: <laughs> Doug Funny, yeah.
1: Hold on <laughs> <laughs> That's fa- fantastic live TA podcast of this, isn't
0: it? Is, <laughs> it? is it? Hold on a second. Is it this guy?
2: That's that's Matt Target. <laughs> <laughs> Same facial features. He's got nothing to Not look in there. Matt, just, just, a little, just, a little, just little pupils. Big nose. Nothing about him. Just that's Matt Target. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I actually like. I actually like, this one for Michael Pohima. That's quite a funny oh, one as well.
0: Oh, oh yeah, that <laughs> yeah. is true. That's the discriminator. Michael is absolutely. You know what? To be fair, there the, the is likeness with Doug. Uh, with, uh, I do, I do remember Doug. I don't remember him as Doug funny, but I remember him as D- uh, Doug. Yeah, I remember him as Doug. But um, yeah, sorry, the sorry. sorry, Nickelodeon
2: uh, stands.
0: Uh, I was a Keaton and Kell fan, I've got to be honest. Um, the loved, loved, yeah, I loved to bit of Keaton and Kell. But, uh, but no, um, the Shermanator, what a great shout. Uh, what are your best like, like-for-likes, Wolves and Newcastle players uh, with uh, characters, actors... Whoever, uh, those two, Doug and the Shermanator, were two that I was not expecting to be saying on away days tonight. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, get your bests in, uh, if you can think of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Looks like a little gerbil. You're absolutely right. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, but get, get your other players in. Uh, there are many others. Um uh, yeah, what's
2: his name flipping John John Joe he looks like flipping Voldemort doesn't he yeah,
0: yeah. that was it he was known, he was known as yeah. as Voldemort and he played the part to be fair he, he, he embraced that uh, a lot so fair play to him but uh, look I just want to say um, over 100 watching um, tonight thank you very very much for supporting the channel uh, and supporting the show click that like button um, get your comments in, get your questions in for little Dan and myself and Richie. Um, and of course, click that subscribe button. We've had you know over 30 subscribers over the last few days. So thank you all for subscribing to Loaded Mag and UFC and and come and join um the family where we're going to be talking all things Newcastle and Wolves, certainly tonight. Um, just one play I wanted to touch on before we move on because we've got a guest itching and waiting to get on um there is a a player that i want to talk about that actually um someone in the chat had put a comment on i think you might have started actually richie um and it's about um mr gomez um how has this boy done for you since he come in
2: He hasn't had a massive amount of minutes, but obviously scored the winner on his debut. Absolute fairy tale. He'd only scored once for Flamengo before joining. I think he played something like 81 times for Flamengo, scored once, scored on his debut for Wolves, uh, with Wolves down to 10 men. Uh, The whole transfer saga was just, it was something I've never experienced at Wolves. Um, It it was coming one minute, the, the deal was dead and buried the next. Leon had come out of nowhere and um, Flamengo had basically rejected our bid and was Leon's bid had been accepted, but Xavi Gomez pretty much forced his forced the move to Wolves because he gave Wolves his word, and I mean if, that's the sort of character you want, isn't it? That I mean everyone wants any play, any football fan wants a player to force the move to their club, <laughs> but for 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 a lad who's only sort of early twenties to follow through with a transfer move because he'd given his word, even though he was being offered more money and the possibility of Champions League football because he'd already given Wolves his word. I mean, that's that's what you want from a player, isn't it? Um, he's obviously been lined up to sort of take over from Neves or, or Jean Martinho in the summer. And from what we've seen so far in the little snippets, he, he looks a handful of a player. So obviously uh, got his first international call-up at Brazil last week. So we're, we're prepared to have him at Wolves.
0: Uh, fair play, fair play. And uh, look, if anyone's going to know about any South American players, it's Foxy. Foxy is our resident South American expert, and uh, he knows so much about a lot of the young, the young players and the potential that's coming out of South America. So it's great to have him as part of the channel and on the chat regularly. Um, and that's for sure. Welcome, Mark, uh, the main man. Mark, obviously one one of the loaded team is is in the chat tonight. Um, thank you for joining us um always always happy to have you in the chat and get your questions in i think he's already got a couple of questions in already but look we we'll move forward i just want to know from you before we before we move to our next seg- segment um, dan who are the players that you're worried about from a newcastle perspective who are you worried about that could potentially cause you problems on sunday
2: i think the main one for me and I think if you haven't got him in your fantasy team it's just, it's a bit bonkers really I think I think it's just Kieran Trippy. Yeah. I think the, the lad's delivery on set pieces is is massive. I'm just absolutely buzzing that you ain't got Chris Wood anymore. I, I know you hated him Pete but that guy has ruined my evening so many times the big fucking tree. Um <laughs> I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm glad that he's gone because it, whether it was Burnley or, or Newcastle, he was just an absolute nightmare. You, you talked about earlier, players that just always score against your club even when the diary was that player. Um, Alan saint Maximum's always a, a, a nightmare. I've said um, on our podcast, Alan saint Maximum and Adama, if a club could sort of get them two on both wings, you might not get great out- output, but the entertainment and, and them gain off your seat would... Would be yeah. worth your season ticket at times.
0: Definitely. Um, uh, Interestingly, you didn't mention Jamal Lasells. He loves the goal against you guys, and uh, uh, he he's a, he scored a few, particularly at Saint James's Park against you in, in recent years. Uh, so I'm surprised you didn't say him.
2: Yeah, he's not likely to start, is he? Is he? We well, bottom and share, is it?
0: Well, you would expect so, because Cher didn't play last weekend, um, because yeah, he, he he suffered concussion during the Cup Final, and he wasn't taken off. Uh, me and Richie have had this conversation <laughs> before uh, about it. But um, he wasn't taken off, but it, it seems like he had a little bit of mild concussion. So he didn't play at the weekend against Man City, but he should be back for this weekend against you guys. But equally... And I don't think many Newcastle fans would disagree with this: is that Jamal Icells at the Etihad probably was man of the match. Um, he had a really good game. He kept um, he kept uh, Erling Haaland very, very quiet. He dealt with his pace. He dealt with his strength really, really well. He just he just for, for for a guy that's only played two Premier League games this season, one at Anfield and one at the Etihad, and done really well in both. It you know it, it everyone's. Kind of gone, you know what? Fair play to you. You've just come in and just done a job in both games. So there has been little murmurs of a is Lascelles potentially someone that could start. He's one of our players that can cause problems. I don't know. Would you agree with that, Richie? He's one of our players that can genuinely cause problems from set pieces, um, aside from his defensive responsibility.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, the, with the height that we've got in that team, we should there shouldn't just be him that's uh, an aerial threat. Obviously, obviously we don't know what the situation is with Dan Byrne, but you look at him, six foot six. Yeah, you know, you've got Sven Botman in there, six five, you know, even if you know if uh, Fab Shell comes in at six three. And I think that's the one concerning thing for me is you've got all that height in there. Obviously, Joel Linton's usually quite decent in the air as well, obviously he's missing because he's suspended, but there's some quite some, you know height in Newcastle team, which it's surprising that we, you know, we have our last set piece goal that we scored was uh, Joel the away at, at Leicester on Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. Um, could that be down to the fact that obviously I know something that Dan touched on was Trippier's uh, set pieces it hasn't been fantastic recently. Uh, probably since the turn of the year, he's uh, it's been pretty average, and we've said is it because there's been no other set piece alternatives, which. If you know, target potentially comes back in, which is something we'll talk about when we start thinking like predicting uh, lineups. You know, he was always a set piece threat as well, another option. Uh, obviously, we lost John Joe Shelby, he, he was another set piece, so we've already realistically had one set piece taker all season, so um. You know, Has he tried to do too much? Possibly, we don't know. But uh, with that height in the Newcastle team, we should be doing a lot, lot better than that. And uh, if Lacelles was to come in yet, yeah, he surprisingly does really, really well with aerial Jewels. And uh, as Joy Tune for Life, uh, Lacelles is probably the best header of a ball at the club. Yeah, there's
2: a big play you just mentioned there, which I, I, I hadn't really sort of contemplated. But is um, Dan Byrne likely to be your left back on Sunday, is he? Because Whenever he's come up against the Darmatroy, or right,
1: Dharma is running ragged.
0: That's a great question. What do you think, Richie? Uh, you we've we
1: we've, we've we've talked about this already, and we, we think that you know Target will probably come back in on Sunday. Um, Dharma's running ragged as well. Like, to be fair, there's probably a lot of left backs in the Premier League that a Darmatroy will nah, run not, anyway. not, not
2: not to the extent of those two, genuinely. <laughs> When it, when, Matt, when Matt Target was at Villa, Matt Target ended up having to get substituted because he knew he was getting run ragged. Uh, Same with Dan Byrne at Brighton. Dan Byrne should have got sent off for Brighton the one game because he kept on just hacking away at Adama. He couldn't get anywhere near him.
1: So that's going to be a big um, duel on Sunday. I think the other thing is you've got to think is uh, there's we've still got plenty of pace on the team. So for me, if we can, if we've got Alan Matt maxon played on the left, which we hope we will be, that. We can we can be better going forward. So we can obviously, yes, okay, you might have the pace on the break or that, but if we can keep all of the possession, which we've been really good at, you know, since at Eddie House being in charge this season, we're we're not we're not we're not a team that's like how we used to be where we will be happy to give the other team the possession. We like having the ball now. We like to be in control of it. So if we can do that, and if obviously if we can press high, which we've been doing. All season, there's a good chance that you know Adama Traore, if he's on the pitch, he could be standing there alone for the pretty much majority of the game. And even if he was to get the ball going forward, you, we've got some. You know, I know he's not as fast, but Botman's not no slouch. slouch. Joe Willock's got plenty of legs, and you know, I think Eddie Howell, if, if ASM is played on the left, he'll make damn sure that he make aware of the attack attacking threat that Adama Traore will play. Uh, will play in that game if he's going forward. So. You potentially could double up on him. There's a couple of people that can help out, and you know we've seen off Dan Bair this year. Yes, he's struggled against some of the tricky, uh, fast there uh, wingers, but he's done all right against them as well. If, if he was to be the one that plays as well, so it's uh, just have to wait and see. You know, uh, we're not a team. We're still a team in progress. You know, with this, you know, there's loads of players that we still need to improve on. And left backs, one of them which we touched on already. Uh, you know. I don't know what he would be like against eight new if eight new was playing for Newcastle it might be a bit more interesting He might know how it might know how it actually you know the Adama five area effect but it'll be interesting and see what happens
2: yeah that that duel, that duel along your left side our right side will be will be key on Sunday there's, there's going to be key battles all over the field but I think that that particular wing will probably be the, the wing that decides the game on the day because obviously Adama Alan's maximum can be outstanding on in one game absolutely competition winner in the next um it all depends on obviously their four backs who back in the who, who can win that duel on the day
0: yeah No, uh, you're right and look when we get to the tactics board in a second we'll um we'll look at that in a little bit of detail but um of course we always come to this point in the show where as we start to look at the game uh, we need some stats.
3: Evening, lads like magic, he
0: appears. How are you doing, double Stato Keith? Um, yeah, fence sitter, you've got many a name at the very but it's a uh, absolute pleasure to have you on. Of course, loading meg away days. Um, how are things with you, and what have you got for us this week?
3: Yeah, yeah, everything's okay. Thank you very much, Michael Poma. I think I might get that out. Um, it's uh, you know. We're suffering probably the last of the winter, so I think I'll get that oversized hoodie out. It might keep us warm a bit. But, uh, yep, um, I'm looking forward to Newcastle's game at the weekend, and I just want to see a change in form. So I've got a load of stats here for you, some head-to-heads, some stats on the players and the managers, and some general stats. Um, Get ready to strap in uh, with this... uh, (laughs) because it'll be the usual up and down here, but I'll try and finish on a high for you. But surprisingly, the all-time record here for Newcastle, uh, I've got a bit of a surprise here, 104 games with Wolves, and Wolves have got a slightly better record here, 42 wins for Wolves um, compared to 33 wins for Newcastle and 29 draws. Slight advantage there to Wolves. Um, in the Premier League, in Newcastle have only won three of 15 Premier League games against Wolves. Three wins, 10 draws and two defeats. It's the most drawn fixture really out of the, the lot really for Newcastle in terms of percentages. Um, Newcastle have got a slightly better goal scoring record in this fixture in the Premier League. 20 goals compared to Wolves is 17. And Newcastle have got a slightly better defensive record They've managed a clean sheet compared to uh, Wolves, who haven't managed any clean sheets in this fixture. Um, Jamal Lascelles, you've touched on there earlier, Pete. Um, uh, two goals for Newcastle against in seven fixtures that uh, Newcastle have played Wolves in recent times. So he does like a goal, Jamal Lascelles, in this fixture. Uh, Callum Wilson, though, on the other hand. Um, I know it's been spoken about a lot about his form since the world cup and since coming back from Christmas, not only is, does he just have the one goal in 14, but, um, against wolves, he's played more games, eight games and more minutes, 661 without scoring against wolves. than he has any other team. So he's got a bit of a drought there against wolves as well. Um, In terms of Wolves players, um, Daniel Poddins and uh, Ruben Neves, spoken about a bit earlier, are the top goal scorer for Wolves this season with five goals each. Um, And um, Wolves' Raul Jimenez, as well, spoken about earlier. He's been involved in three goals in his past three Premier League games against Newcastle, a goal and two assists. Um, But Jimenez, he hasn't scored a Premier League goal in 19 games in over the year. Um, goalkeepers, Nick Pope's got 12 in uh, clean sheets in 24 for Newcastle. And Jose saw has seven clean sheets for 26 games for Wolves this season. So it, quite well on the uh, clean sheets there for uh, Wolves as well. Yeah. Um, Eddie Howe, his managerial record against Wolves. Again, it has to be stressed that most of these were when he was Bournemouth manager. Eight games, he's won three drawn two and lost three. And some general stats to round off. Um, Newcastle's 1-0 home win against Wolves last season ended a run of uh, five home league games without a win against Wolves. Um, And the last time that Newcastle have beaten Wolves in consecutive home games in the league was... uh, back in December 1977. So if Newcastle win back-to-back, back, they'll be making a bit of history there. Was um, you there, Rich? You what, sorry? Was you at that game? Uh, wolves.
1: No, I wasn't. I, Pete, were you You were with Wolves, weren't you? Oh, this season?
0: Well, I was about a...
2: 1977, Rich. Oh, oh
0: 1977. Oh, Not even oh, that old oh. one was born then, mate. <laughs> hey, Wolves, what is going on here?
3: There That wasn't even me. That wasn't even me. Stars like in the background there. Stars in the background there. Which <laughs> <laughs> not enough. Not
0: enough. <laughs> I love it. Oh, brilliant. I was thinking, oh, is it, yeah, this season, yeah, I was there, I was watching the games, what the hell is going on? But um, yeah, um, anything to round off or, or was that...?
3: Yeah, I've got a couple more just to round off there as well. Um, Wolves have conceded exactly one goal in all of the last um, nine meetings with Newcastle. So they've won two, they've drawn um, six and they've lost one of their last nine fixtures. Wolves, has ma- Wolves have managed uh, more wins in the last seven Premier League games with four wins than they have in their previous 26 Premier League games where they only managed three wins. So an upturn of form, certainly since Christmas and the new year for Wolves. Um, and Wolves have scored the fewest number of goals in the Premier League this season with 19 goals in 26 games. And that there is your stats for Newcastle Wolves. Hot man
0: Keith, keep rolling rolling, rolling rolling rolling
3: rolling <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while me. since that it's been a while since i've heard that one the old limb song yeah
0: yeah uh, yeah <laughs> last time i heard it, it, it the undertaker was coming out uh is the american badass it, any wwe fan will know that but um going back to the the, the stats stats are there to be broken Uh, and Wolves have had a decent record in Newcastle. They have um, in the years gone by. But look, um, let's hope that things will change. And it brings us nicely into talking about the game, because we've mentioned a little bit about players. Dan, you've talked about players that you think are going to be the ones that are going to make the difference for you. We've also talked about certain players that we think Newcastle um could uh could have on the on the pitch that could make the difference but let's talk about it properly let's talk about it on the tactics board so i'll put the team out here um he, here are the squads effectively potentially available for sunday um we've got the we've got the wolves team i hope that's right and, and the setup's right for you dan in terms of how you think the team might well set up um and we've gone for the Newcastle team, but Dan, we always start with the opposition. Um, does that team look right for you? And equally, where do you think the where do you think you'll win the battle? I think you've already talked about it, it, it in one sense already. Where do you think you'll win the battle um, on on um, Sunday? Right,
2: well, let's make a few changes, P, because. because it... I, 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 on on sort of paper that you're right in the way you've you've laid it yeah. out but Mario Lamine is more of a central pivot it's defensive mid like I mentioned earlier sometimes he does drop into the sort of um, back five thing. as a sort of uh, advanced sweeper type uh, yeah that's, that's pretty much it yeah maybe swap Adama um, a with uh, uh, Sarabia Sarabia yeah
0: that's it. Yeah, obviously, yeah. it's, it's, it's
2: key. We want we want Adama running at mat target all game, putting crosses into to Jimenez. Um, that, that's pretty much it. We want sort of Ruben Nevers in a sort of uh, free role, just just roaming across all the midfield, picking up passes from from Lamina, who will obviously do all the donkey work for him, and then Mateus Linez is another
0: free role in the sort of final third. Yeah. Um, so so where where do you, where do you think you guys? could could win the game. You, you've talked about Traore. Do you think it's going to be down this right-hand side, you know, trying to beat target, getting balls into the box? Is that going to be the way, or is it going to be the physical battle up here with Jimenez, or is it going to be a mixture of both? The, the,
2: the fluidity that we've got as a team at the moment, like, I've, I've, we've got, I've got, I've later say it was a 4-3-3 three, three there, but on occasion, we have gone to two up front, so you may sort of have Adama and Jimenez as a front two. We've with Pablo Sarabia sort of roaming as, as a ten, with Nunez sort of Sarabia may sort of come narrow, which then leaves Nunez to cut some come narrow, but from a from a left angle. Okay, Mateus Nunez. Um, from here, yeah, that's it. So sometimes we we break into a narrow four-two-two-two. Two, two.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that, that's a that's
2: desire but... to keep us like fluid and interchanging has as, as been key in, in recent games. Uh, Adama did predominantly play more narrow on, on Saturday against Tottenham, which was quite key to us penning, penning their five-man defence back because they were a bit reluctant to, to move their full-backs forward due to Adama on the break. But well, he did uh, score from a central
0: position, didn't he? He scored he from, left from the middle, whereas you yeah. normally see him on this on this way here. So what you're saying sounds about right. But you've gone with Johnny on the left-hand side here, uh, whereas Otto started uh, against Tottenham. Well, how come you've gone with Johnny? That's... Come on, Pete. That, that is Johnny, Pete. What? Johnny. <laughs> <Otto>. <laughs> my bad. I'll, I'll get rid of Otto. Yeah, uh, My bad. Carry on.
2: Yeah, the, the, the three left-backs that we've had in recent months have been Hugo Breno, Johnny Otto and Ryan Aitnore. Um, Johnny Otto came in against Tottenham a bit out of nowhere, really. Um, Hugo Breno pulled his hamstring against Liverpool away in, in the week. Uh, everyone thought Aitnore was going to come straight in at, at, from the starting line-up. And um, Johnny's always been better for Wolves at, at left-back, even though he's naturally right-footed. Um yeah. So yeah, that, I've gone for the sort of the back the same back line that, that started against Tottenham because I thought in general they they managed to marshal Tottenham's quite decent front three in Kane, Son, and Kulisevsky. Don't fancy
0: putting this guy on the show, potentially in the shop window,
2: no? I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed if he, he started because he, he is my favourite left back at the club. Ooh. But um I, I just feel like Johnny's just got that, that more experienced now than what Roy knight has got. Um, Roy knight Norris similar to Adama in certain games where they are better as impact players off the pitch, the pitch as, as the um, the game sort of gets a bit more stretched.
0: Yeah, that, that's fair, fair play. Fair, um, and, and it sounds about right, especially going away from home in terms of the way in which you are set up. Um, Richie, um, Keith, the Newcastle team. This is the team that I think um, Newcastle and Eddie Howe will go for. A little bit of a change up there. Some players that, that have got a rest. We've got Amiron and we've got Burn that I've, I think I think and believe Eddie Howe will make a change with. And, and we've got Target back in on that left hand side. Not seen him in there for a while. And instead of Almiron not because he's playing badly, but I think he he just needs maybe a rest and and a bit of time out of the team. He's been brilliant for his top goal scorer, 10 goals, but giving something a little bit different. Um, I've gone with Gordon on the right and ASM on the left. It could quite easily be the other way around. Um, But the big one here is, is Isaac starting up the top and and Wilson on the bench. Um, You know, looking at that team and that setup. Is there anything? Do you agree with that 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 team in its it setup? Is there anything you would change or or you know tweak slightly? Richie, I'll come to you and, and, and equally. On top of that, where do you think the game could well be won based on what um, uh, Little Dancer said?
1: Uh, yes, I, I I think we've discussed this earlier in the week when we, we did the review show for Man City, and I think we pretty much basically said the same players would be out there. I think we we. we we might have changed ASM and Gordon around a little bit, but to be fair, that's something that the potentially could do in the game anyway. They could switch flanks, and you know, uh, I could, uh, the pace. I'm just thinking the pace. If, if Johnny is at left back, ASM, It's a similar sort of side of what Dan was saying about triori against Target. I think that would be you know a good matchup for Newcastle. If yes, but the good thing about putting Gordon on the left as well as he could also his defensive side could also help Target or whoever's at left back with Treore as well. So there's, you know, there's, there's different things of you look at But I, I agree, I think that's the, same, that's the right personnel. Uh, I would be going for Isak up front over Wilson. Uh, Wilson looks like uh, he obviously needs a rest. We've discussed that in depth over the last few weeks. Uh, Miggy, you know, he's ran, ran his heart out all season. had a fantastic season, best season in a, in a Newcastle shirt. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I don't know if it's either, either people that are becoming too predictable about what, we're, what he's going to try and do, because... Obviously, we cover it on a week in, week out. You know, you, you'll not get into to the byline because he hasn't got a right foot, so he will cut, come like cut back inside, or you'll try and lay the ball out towards Trippier, and uh, you know, for hopefully for Trippier to put a ball in. But uh, it's an interesting one, I think. if th- you know, I would make that change. You've made that change, obviously. I don't know whether Keith will, but the interesting thing is though, and we know that Eddie Howe's always loyal to his players. This is because we already having to make one change because Joel Lidon out. It's that's that's that. If you change the the, the personnel to what you we we think it could be, Pete, that's four changes, and that's that, that's a lot for Eddie Howe to make in one game. So, because the Joelinton one's a forced change, you might decide obviously when Shark coming back in as well. I've, there there'll be five changes from last week, so it's a, it's a it's a lot really. Do you know what I mean? So it's whether, you know, he's prepared to do that and take the chance, but it definitely needs to be you know freshened up a little bit and. You know, we've got to give our uh, record signing a, a run at some point And, you know, you, you can't be loyal to Wilson for the rest of your career. Because we said this last week, you know, he'll, he's at that stage now where Eddie has going to have to live and die by his decisions. And if he keeps persisting with Wilson and Wilson doesn't deliver, then, you know, you're putting your own head on the chopping block there.
0: Yep, yeah, I, th- I think you made a, a, a great point. There are a number of changes on there. I think a lot of Newcastle fans have asked for a, a little bit of a shake up. Uh, but. If there aren't going to be as many changes as what we've seen on the screen now, where would you revert back to type then? So, for example, you know we've put in we've put in target for Burn. We've made the natural change because Joe Inton's out. We've put Willet in. We've gone with Gordon instead of Miggy. We've gone with Isaac instead of Wilson. And um, forget the Shaw because the Shaw may, be, may well be the natural change. Uh, because he, he is a starting centre back, mm-hmm. but from those other changes, if if you think that, uh, and and I, I'm inclined to agree with you, and I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of others will, that that Eddie Howe will, will will stick in in a sense to the majority of his players staying in the team. Who do you think he'll stick with out of those changes that I've already made on the on the screen?
1: Uh, I think he may stick with Miggy still.
0: Who? Uh, who, do you, who do you think from in, in I, think
1: it, to... I think you know, it would not surprise me if he starts with the same front three that's played against Man City it wouldn't surprise me one bit Miggie's got
3: Jeez, the best any... of the season meggy has got the best in front of goal really hasn't he in terms of goals per game ratio so think I, think, I think I, I think I would more likely stick with him he's got the most confidence in if he was going to make the change but with this one, it's, it's a difficult one because, as Dan rightly said earlier, ASM's had real success against Wolves in the past. He's he's had a lot of success, including the goal in the last game um, way back in August. He's given them some problems. Do you, do you go with that? Do you remember that if you how and think, right, we'll change it up and we'll include ASM in and we'll give Miggy a rest? I just feel that how doesn't generally t- t- tend to change his lineups that much. Chance no. to go with go with form. He, he, he goes with trust. He entrusts the players a lot. So, all changes quite a lot. I would think for how from one game to the next. No, yeah.
0: you're absolutely right because he's not he's not done this in in any other part of the season. So it, it would it would be it would be standard procedure to to stay. I think one or two would put in the chat to stay loyal to his players, um, but. It does seem like the team is looking for and screaming out for a little bit of a change, a bit of a freshen up. So, do so you think potentially it could be the same front three, Richie? Um, potentially, and- it, would, it
1: wouldn't surprise me. Do you know what I mean? And- I, I'm the same as you. I, I believe we need change, we need freshen up there. Wilson's, ha- you know, one goal in twelve since he's, since the World Cup. It's not good enough really for the level we're to play. As, as we've discussed over numerous weeks. It's not as though he hasn't been getting service, or you know, he's been having to try and create something out of nothing for himself. He's he's missed what four or 5 guilt edge chances for you know. And I've got to say, it's an England centre forward, he's not just a Newcastle number nine. He's an England centre forward. The the goals that he's missed, so the chances he's missed, you know, there should be bread and butter to you know a strike of his caliber, really, and. You know, he might be going through a rough patch. We for all we know, he, there could be something going off. You know, off, off field that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for all we know, he could be stressing over that bathroom or kitchen he's buying. For all we know, <laughs> uh, <paint. laughs> uh, but uh, no, it, it's well, it's one of those. It, it, it's it's difficult, but you know, all it only takes one goal to turn it around, You know what I mean? And it, if are yeah. St James Park behind him, they'll either do one or two things if he was to start, they'll either get behind him as a blinder. Or oh, he has an absolute, you know, he, he's, the pressure that he's under at the minute, it continues. And obviously, then the crowd, unfortunately, would get behind him and be called for Isak to come on. No,
0: nah, uh, it, it, it's all really, really good points from, from what you've mentioned, Richie, and from what Keith's mentioned as well. There's a lot of really good talking points in there. And, and, and a lot of people wouldn't probably be surprised. They'd be maybe frustrated, but some, wouldn't be surprised with that. But for me, Isaac has to start, but well, equally, I want to ask Dan before we move on. Dan, who would you rather like? Who do you think is the best option for Newcastle? And uh, I know you, as a Wolves fan, it's difficult to say that, but who do you? Who would you rather see starting for Newcastle, either Isaac or Wilson?
2: I mean, p- purely based on stats. Stats. Do you want you want Wilson him? Don't you? Like, say one goal in the last twelve. Um, Isak now, Carl Court is he? Allowed, let's be fair.
0: No, <laughs> definitely
2: not. <laughs> um I, I, M's the has always been a nightmare uh, against Wolves. He's he, he has defenders like having spaghetti legs at times. Is is an absolute nightmare. I'm, I'm not sure what your opinion was. I only caught probably sort of sixty minutes, um, I'll, sporadically between of your game over at Man City, and I thought Anthony Golden was was really disappointing. There was a few times where he should have been considering to try and run at Carl Walker and he, 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 he played it safe and ended up going backwards in, in areas where, as a winger, you want him running at a full-back. I know Carl Walker's a fantastic full-back and he's got bundles of pace, but for a winger that you've just spent that amount of money on, you want him to at least have an
0: attempt, don't you? Great points. Interesting perspective from, from the outside looking in. Boys, what do you think about that? Uh, with regards
3: to Gordon's performance against Man City. Go on, Keith, I'll let you go with this one. Mate. Yeah, he's just, um, you're, you're quite right there, what you're saying, little Dan. you be expecting a bit more, really. Um, he's still finding his way, isn't he? Um, yeah. Certainly missed the cup final, really. it's he, He's only had a handful of games yet for Newcastle, so he's just finding his way into the team, finding his identity in the team. I think, really, you've got to give him I don't know, maybe he's a dozen games or so before you make a good assessment on him. Um, and you've got to hope that, obviously, he'll get his chance here, you will get a start here and maybe get on a run in the next few games, really. Um, hopefully it changes things for Newcastle, really. Uh, certainly the, the top half of the pitch, they need the changes, really, for the better. Oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot
2: here, but I didn't particularly write Anthony Gordon when he was at Everton. I thought yeah. he looked good in a bad side. So, I mean, I hope that doesn't come back to shoot me in the foot. But that's my my, my opinion. I think if, I, if I'm Eddie A, DA, I am eddie I would not even be oh. contemplating starting Gordon over ASM.
1: So, there you go, lad. Money on uh, Gordon, first goal scorer on Sunday.
2: And Long Yeah, scorer. that's it. Callum <laughs> Wilson, Wilson to get the second because he's never scored against
0: Wolves. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, did, 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 did you
3: mention that? Um, uh, mentioned, mentioned obviously about the run there of, yeah. of about eight games certainly, and he has a little bonus for little Dan as well. And I was disappointed that in some way, not for the goals output, but obviously because he offered something else that Chris Woods left Newcastle to go to Nottingham Forest. There, he had eight. He scored six goals against um, Wolves in sixteen games, and he also had three assists. Felt like Go sixty seconds. goals
2: in six games.
3: Yeah. He and last obviously one of those included the penalty against Wolves in the one nil win uh, at St. James's last season for Newcastle. So um little Dan was pleased obviously that he left Newcastle before we play the return at St James's. It's
2: all right, we've got Forest in a couple of weeks.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> that'll be interesting, very interesting. And look, the games are coming. Thick and fast—that's for sure. But look, it's going to be really interesting, actually, uh, some of these matchups on the pitch on on, on Sunday and how they come to fruition. Um, particularly looking at Adama Traore, um, looking at how Nunez maybe fits into things. Uh, you know, Lemina—you've talked about him really positively. So, from a Newcastle perspective, it'd be interesting to see how these players. Um, play and Samido is very attacking right back, but can he can he deal with the attacking threat that we give the other side of things? Um, I think at times um, he can be erratic. I don't know if you would agree with that, Dan, with, with his defending um, Samido, um, but he can give you a lot going forward. He does, he does get forward and tries to get balls balls into the box. So from 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 a Wolves perspective, there's there's a number of players that we're looking at quite closely, but. Look, Richie, Keith, we're, we'll be looking at from a Newcastle perspective. We'll be looking for a reaction more than anything um, from players and really looking to step up and, and take us to three points. So um, let's see. Let's see how it all kind of unfolds. But before we get to predictions... I think there's a few questions in the in the chat for for Dan really um, uh, on on a number of different things, a number of things, walls related and just general um, with regards to football.
2: Five foot three, yeah. six inches, bald. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you missed your vocation, you little Dan, haven't you? yeah, little Donna. Yeah. <coughs> Part-time <laughs> midget porn actor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Let's Whoever the Newcastle this, fan
2: was who called me a dwarf on Twitter earlier. Watch when I see you next. <laughs>
0: you know what? I, I to be fair, at the beginning of the show, I saw a Nathan in the chat, and I weren't I, I, I was not sure if it was the same person. I really wasn't, but uh could could I think, be. Wrong. I
2: think I know Nathan, and I'll tell Nathan right now, I'll run away from bigger blokes than him. <laughs>
0: Well if you know him, that's fair enough. That's fair <laughs> enough. So he's clearly he's clearly tried to try to get you on the wind up.
1: Right, we'll start with this one. It's not about the game of the day, but uh about the weekend, but of Joy Two for Life. He wants to know, Dan, if West Brom and Jarve get promoted, will they be your biggest rivals or will you still hate D in Crystal Palace? Oh, it's, my hatred for
2: West Brom doesn't even come. It's not even hatred for Crystal Palace. I just these are an easy target because Crystal Palace literally are a nothing club, aren't they? People think I'm literally just like trying to banter him unnecessarily. Palace are one of the most pointless clubs in Premier League history. If you go onto their Wikipedia page and look at honors, the first thing, which is supposed to be one of the main things that your club has won, the first thing in Crystal Palace's honors on their Wikipedia page is a third place finish in the top flight. They've won nothing. They've played two games into into Toto Cup, which the loss to a Turkey side that no one is. It's not Flipping Galatasaray. It's not Besiktas, It ain't Antalya Sport. It's a, it's a team I've never even heard of. And the loss to them, all they've ever won in their history is the Zenith Data Systems Trophy. They're a joke club. And that's why I always banter D because for the last three months, Wolves have been absolutely awful. We've been bottom of the league. And if there's a team that you have to pick to bully—it's Crystal Palace because they're a joke.
3: It could have <laughs> all been so different. That 1990 FA Cup final, moments in history with uh, Man United 3-3 draw. Um, If Palace had come through that and United hadn't won that FA Cup, history might have been completely different. There, Fergie but might what a Palace
2: job. Now getting to Wembley and winning nothing again.
1: <laughs> Do we need to remove him again here, Pete? After that little soggy comment?
0: No, no. Uh, I, I'm not involved uh, in this. I'm not involved in this. But uh, I think I think if Dean was on the channel tonight, he'd be removing him. <laughs> after yeah. this comment's about Crystal Palace. But genuinely, sure. I absolutely despise West Brom.
2: Uh, Burnley. I think it's between Sheffield United and Middlesbrough, isn't it, for the second promotion place? And as long as it isn't West Brom. That gets promoted, I'll celebrate whoever goes up because West Brom are literally on the brink of going into administration. If they don't get promoted this season, and it it, it gives me a warmth inside, a warmth.
1: <laughs> I think I think we'll both be happy if West Brom and Sunderland don't make the playoffs this season. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I I don't think I don't think either will make the playoffs. I think That's, it's uh, I think Blackburn or um, Middlesbrough go up through the playoffs.
1: Okay, right, Alan Thompson. Uh, he's got a question for you, Dan. Uh, where do you expect Wolves to finish this season, and are you expecting better next season if you stay up?
2: Is that the Alan Thompson used to play for Newcastle and Bolton? Could well be. Bring
1: him in. in.
2: The, bring him well, in. He watches the channel regularly. Him and uh, John Beresford, the, the watching alarm in the loft. Um,
0: <laughs> this Alan Thompson is even better. He's a legend.
2: Uh, I think sort of 13th or 14th will finish this season and then um, next season. I, I really doubt now. It all depends on on how much the, the club are willing to back this manager because I think he's a, a special manager. You see the sort of the turnaround that we've had. I think Keith mentioned it earlier, sort of we've won something like four in the last seven, which was more than we won before the before Christmas. It's been a massive turnaround. He's, brought, he's he's raised the standards. We were in the, I think we 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 were in in the relegation zone, and we were still able to um, get Mateus Cunha from Athletic Madrid to join us. That's that's the pull of the manager. My my big thing for me, which I'm still hoping, is that maybe Ruben Neves will stay for another season and just run his contract then because. Julian Lopetegui was the coach at Porto who gave Ruben Neves his debut and made him captain for Porto in the Champions League to make him the youngest Champions League captain in history. So there, there is a bond there from coach to player.
1: Alright. Interesting, it links at this question from Michael Polar again, and he's just turned on as, a, as he goes to the summit, providing he's still is this going to be a big summer coming up for Wolves? Do you expect a big overhaul or just tweaks to the to fit the style of lot the Obviously, there's links with players, you know, obviously, sorry to bring it up again, but you've got Neves' links, eight new possibilities of moving on, but also the fact that you've got, you know, you've been struggling to score goals. So, you know, are you expecting, to, you know, a new, new, front-front three to be brought in and changed around and stuff? What, what do you think the summer plans will be if you stay up? I, I think there's a massive overall in the summer with... I mean,
2: you look at last season. We only scored 38 league goals last season. We, I'm not sure how much more we're going to score than that this season. If we do exceed that, it's it's something that needs massively changing. Since it's there's still a lot of a uh, hangover the way Nuno played football at Wolves, which was you know five at the back, a bit sort of counter attacking, um, heavily reliant on one centre forward to bag you the goal. So I think Lapetegi has moved. He's already moved us to a back four, made us a bit more solid at the back. We're still not really creating gilt-edged chances, like you mentioned for for Callum Wilson recently. We we've had like sort of him and and Diego Costa playing up front, but we we haven't made we haven't created them like sitters for them to miss. That's why I say it's it's a really hard job playing up front for Wolves. You've got Neves, who's likely to leave. Uh, Matinho's contract's due to expire in the summer. Daniel Pardens will only have a year left on his contract in the summer. You've got Mateus Nunes that keeps being linked to Liverpool. Ait Nori keeps being linked to. He's been linked to Man City and and Newcastle in the last. Sort of uh, six to twelve months, so I expect Lopetegui to properly build his his squad of players that he desires in
0: the summer. Hopefully, with the backing that he deserves. You know, just just before we go on to another question, that's really interesting because you know you've talked about not really creating too many clear cut chances, um, but equally, even though we've been on a bit of a, a, a bit of a downer in in terms of performances recently, and yes, you could argue we've conceded goals in recent games, but. In general, we keep it very, very tight at the back. We're, we're good. We're, we've got a good defensive record. Are you worried about that, it, 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 about that being a factor, Dan, in terms of us being really solid at the back? We've only conceded 17 goals all season in the Premier League. I think the closest second is, I think, Arsenal with 24, 25 goals. So is that something that you've considered or, or maybe not until i maybe brought it up tonight? I don't know.
2: I think, like what Rich said earlier, if it been St James's Park under the lights, it's going to be a difficult game. Whether you guys are being won by Mike Ashley or the or the new team, it's it's always a tough place to go, especially being live on Sky on Sunday under the floodlights. Um, Callum Wilson didn't miss a massive chance, didn't he, at Man City the weekend, where he sort of got stuck in between two minds on how to strike it, whether he put his laces through or side it, ended up just making a complete hash of it. So. It's going to be a tough game. I think we've become a bit more solid recently. Um, we haven't really mentioned Craig Dawson or Max Kilman. Craig Dawson, for me, is probably one of the best bit of signings that we've we've met in recent years. £3.3 million was in the Europa League team of the season. Last season for West Ham, he's been an absolute bit of shrewd business. It's not the same sort of level. And it, you might laugh at me for saying this, but I think it was maybe eight, nine years ago now, we were struggling in the bottom half of the championship and we took Mike Williamson from you guys. And he was just a centre back that does all the basics right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Just Doesn't do anything fancy. Wins his headers. Passes mm-hmm. the ball to his full backs without any hesitation. Just does the basics, and that's what Craig Dawson's brought in recently for us. He's just absolutely solid, and that's why I think Nelson Samad has been um, brilliant in the last sort of couple of months because he's actually got a centre back there where he can trust to
1: do the basics right. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Uh, Tom Dixon wants to know uh, what's your thoughts on Lopetegui compared to Spirito Santo? That's
2: a tough question, and it? Um, CV-wise, 100%. Obviously, he's already won the Europa League for Sevilla, so he he's now mug, He played for Barcelona, he's managed Real Madrid and Spain. He's, he's, he's an elite coach. If we can give him the backing that he deserves in the summer, but Nuno, still an absolute legend. He's given me. He, he, he took my my team of Wolves to to Europe, and I'd never seen Wolves play outside of the Anglo Italian Cup until that moment. He's he's a special guy, Nuno, and I'll, I'll always hold a, a special place for him. But I think Julian, from a, a tactical point of view, will go on to be better than Nuno.
1: Okay, uh, round up like this. I've got a few more questions. I'll link, try and link a few together for you. Um, Donal has asked. Uh, What's happened to Chan? Because obviously, he scored a couple of goals against Newcastle last year. Uh, the, funnily enough, the last game of the Mike Ashley era. Uh, but he also, uh, Daryl's put in as well while we're talking about players, is what do you make of Triori? Uh, he should really be a world class player with his attributes. So, what, what, what's your thoughts on Chan and Triore?
2: Yeah, Chan, uh, I think he got injured against Liverpool um, last month, tweaked his armstring. He's always had. Um, minor little injuries I've always set him back that's never really been able to give him a good run of games because he he does look talented and I think Lopetegui did really like him when he first joined because he works hard Um, obviously got two goals for you last, uh, sorry two goals against you last season under Bruno Large at Molineux um,
0: just before the day
2: I mean, he even had an amazing assist for ASM at Molyneux this season, didn't he? An absolute, absolute peach of a cross for ASM, uh, Wangi Chan, in that Molyneux game this season. He yeah. um, In regards to Triori, like you said, physical attributes, he, he, he should be world class, but the reason why he's still at Wolves is because he's inconsistent.
1: Okay. Uh, a, little, a few little fun ones here for you, uh, Dan. So I'll tell you what, I'll link this one first. Donald's gone for. Uh, who is Dan's favourite Wolves player from the past?
2: I mean, he's probably going to think of Steve Bull, isn't he? I mean, that's like, that's that's God to most Wolves fans. Oh. St- Steve Bull, I'm, 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 I mean, I don't know if you can tell by sort of the, the old hipster retro Wolves co here that no, Steve nice. Steve Bull's just too easy of a Wolves player to, to say um, is, is my favourite ever, ever Wolves player. There's so, there's, there's so many. Ruben Nevers is up there. Um, Jean Martinez was up there. Um, we used to have a winger in the nineties, well, early late eighties, early nineties, called Robbie Denison, and um, he was a left winger that was predominantly right-footed, similar to myself. And he was just brilliant. He could do everything for, on the ball, cross, score. He was just, he was just elegant football. I ended up going to fall back as he got older in his 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 career, and a special player. Um, and then obviously Daniel Pedence as well same as me he's basically me he's is, he is who i should be he's small low center of gravity skillful can, can pick a goal out he's 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 he is who i should be but i i never got the scouts that he did <laughs>
0: um do you remember i think he played for wolves ewan roberts
2: yeah ewan roberts was a good target uh, target man center forward he's He's a bit of a cult hero for Wolves, but he never really had a great career at Wolves. He, um, he scored a hat trick against West Brom at the Hawthorne, so he's, he's always iconic for that. He scored yeah. in, we, we did the double over West Brom that same year. He scored at Molyneux that year. He, he is a bit of a cult hero, but he, I think he was only maybe there for like 12 to 18 months and then ended up going back to Norwich, where he played the, the majority of his career.
0: He had He had a period at Leicester when he came in. Um, yeah. I think they were, uh, they replaced him early on, and I always remember. it's Weird, like this is just weird. But like you Roberts, he obviously he didn't have any front teeth.
2: That's right. Like,
0: yeah. He lost his front front teeth playing football, and like even with that, like my mum used to fantasy him. We, we used to take the absolute rick out of him because she loved she loved Euro Roberts for some reason. Um, but then he went to Wolves. I remember watching him a little bit when he when he played for Wolves. Um, in that time. But he was a, he, he was a decent striker for the level he played at. Um, he, 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 he did a job wherever he went. But to be fair, he, he played probably his best football at,
3: um, at Norwich.
2: There's players like Flipping Carl Court and Tamori Katsbya who like iconic from... I was, like about, I
3: was just about to mention Katsbya. Yeah. Do you?
2: know
1: what? He's, 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 The segue links tonight's been perfect because the next question is from Lisa Moore and she's actually put down question for Dan Lads. Who's your favourite player? That's been both at of, NUFC and Wolves.
2: There you go. I think the the, the answer is usually like catch but for me, it's like Carl Court. Carl Court for Wolves was, was so good. If we would have signed Carl Court in at the start of the season instead of the January, we, we'd have stayed up that's that season. Massively unfortunate with injuries, Carl Court was because I thought he was an excellent striker when he was fit.
0: He 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 for me would have been a monster of a striker for Newcastle, had he not got injured. Yeah. Like, he came in and looked really good early on, and everyone was really excited about him. I remember watching him play before he signed for Newcastle. He looked a real talent. But again, a classic example of injuries ruining, ruining a potentially a good career. We talked about Jonathan Woodgate earlier.
2: Did you hear the story about Carl Court, where he is now?
0: Um, yes, I Uber did. Driver awesome. um, yes, yes, Uber driver, or something? Uber driver in Las, Las Vegas. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I know about that is because you put it on the twelfth man chat, and oh, you yeah. you put it on there. And but, but but tell it tell tell the viewers because I already know this, but tell them tell, well, tell see, them what it, what
2: it was. There was a guy who put on Twitter that he was going, he was traveling around Vegas. He, he called up an Uber, and basically you get like the driver's name and like profile picture, don't you? Before the turn up. And he was like, I recognise this guy. And he got in the car and it was Carl Court from Newcastle and Wolves. And he just said, yeah, he's been an Uber driver in Vegas now. It's just like, it's a mad, mad story, really. Like, anyone in the world that could be a taxi driver being Carl Court in Vegas. I would have just said, how much to, like, just finish your shift today and just come drinking with me if I was in Vegas with him.
0: You, you, You imagine, though, you imagine the stories that he's got, whether it's at Wolves... Newcastle, like Wimbledon. the teams that he's played for, Wimbledon, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you, you look at the, you look at the teams that he's played for and, and around that period of time, like he must have some, he must have some top, top stories to talk about. And like, it would be it would be a great guy like, at the bar um, on, on that. I must well, have, I, must have, I, <laughs> have I, still, I still like that
1: odd Pete, that I've always told you about, uh, the story about Sir Bobby Robson said about Carl Court and it was, uh, the fact what he said about, uh, Shola Ramiobi coming through as a young player and he said he struggled with his name so I said, well, what do you call him? He says, I call him Carl Court. <laughs> yeah,
2: classic. <guy>. <laughs> I've, I've got
3: a one for you as well. I mean, obviously we touched on there before, Tamuri Um, and I remember Tamuri going on runs as well. Like he, he had a really good run, I think, around about the 98-99 season. I think he got about nine or so goals in the cup final, at yeah. in the run towards the cup final. David Kelly scored one of the most important goals in Newcastle United's history.
0: And I've Next, never seen the,
3: you know, on, on the, on the footage of it. I've never seen the Gallagher shake. If you ever see a clip of that, when he scored that goal against Portsmouth, which kept Newcastle up that year, 91, 92. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. But I agree with your points as well about Carl Court as well. Um, Pete, um, because he he, he he was out injured for a lot of that season when Shearer was out. And then towards the end of that season, he, he got himself on a run where he was scoring. And he got back in the team, got himself on a run where he was scoring every game to the end of the season. And then again, I think he got injured that summer and it, it just never worked out for him after that again, sadly.
2: Ket's boy at Wars was iconic. He scored an, an amazing free kick on his debut. I mean, I would have been what? So he have been around 2,000, so I'd have been... 13 then so I wouldn't have had this issue at the time, but I remember that they did bald wigs for Ket at Wolves, and that, <laughs> that, that was iconic at the time.
0: Right. <laughs> the, uh, at that point, he pulls the hat off <laughs> just, just just to show the Ket love. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. So what about you oh, about Lives
2: Matter?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pete, Keith, what about your favourite uh, players who've
3: played for both NUFC and Wolves? Um, as I say, more or less coming through my time, but looking back, certainly it would be the like smuggler David Kelly. Yeah. I think he, I think he did a tremendous job when he was at Newcastle. You know, when you think of he came up in that promotion season with um, Andy Cole, um, and he was just leaving at that point, wasn't he? Uh, in the summer, he left after that. Um, and I really enjoyed sort of Kitspire as well. I just loved that sort of 97, sort of like to sort of early 2000s Newcastle United team, really, uh, under sort of like Woodhullet and uh, Sir Bobby Robson, so up and down. But I quite enjoyed Kitspire. I liked his passion for the uh, club. And there's there are lots of funny stories about Kitspire as well in the past, isn't there, apparently? Yeah, there is. Just a
0: few. But yeah, for, for me, there's, no, there's there's no different court or Kitspire, to be fair. Um, the, the David Kelly is, is probably maybe slightly beyond me Um, but yeah, those two, Carl Court and Catch Barry, stand out for me. Yeah, Yeah, I've got
2: a great show, Keith. I I completely forgot that David Kelly played for Newcastle because, like I said, ninety two, I'd have been five. So, but David (sighs) Kelly was one of like Wolves' big money signings when Jack Eywood took over us in the early nineties, and uh, we had a good cup run where David Kelly scored a few decent goals. So, yeah, forgot about David Kelly. Great show. Yeah.
3: What about this one as well? Played for both clubs. Marlon Harewood. Remember Marlon Harewood?
0: Yeah. You know what? Marlon Harewood did a great job for us in the championship. Yeah. Underrated job. He scored some big goals. I remember that he scored um, a really important goal against Middlesbrough at home that season that we got promoted. Um, He came in and not a lot of people even reacted to the fact he signed for the club, but fair play to me, He scored a few goals for us. Um, he didn't
2: even score for Wolves, Marlon Harewood, but he literally set up one goal, which sealed our promotion, and that's what people, everyone, remember him for.
0: <laughs> there you go, creating moments—that's the key. Is- I, you great.
1: got to remember uh, Sebastian Bassong as well. Wow, there's a name.
0: There you go. But do
1: you know, there's uh, another on. one. He didn't yeah. play for both, but there's a link between the two clubs. It was was uh, Scott Sellers for me. Obviously, played for Newcastle, but was an academy coach at Wolves as well. Boy, oh, you you
2: lot don't know the sort of saga we had with Scott Sellers. He's one of the most hated men at, at Wolves, honestly. And I That's feel true. like he's, he's, he's a bit unjust, to be honest. He basically became sort of, I don't know what the class is, role as sporting director, technical director. Um, he was academy coach at Wolves. He wasn't even a good academy coach. And um, our, our chairman, um, we had one technical director left. We had our managing director left. And our chairman yeah. basically took on the two big roles. Scott Sellers got promoted from within and um, Wolves fans blame Scott Sellers for a lot of our bad recruitment over the last two, three years.
1: Mm. Right.
2: Sort of another, another sorry, sorry, sorry. One more connection, Rich. Mark McGee, player for Newcastle, managed yeah, Wolves I and uh, he was another nightmare manager for Wolves. What an arrogance! Linked, linked, up,
3: linked up well as a player with uh, Mickey Quinn. He did for... It, yeah. uh, 89, 90 again, a bit before my time, really.
1: Ah, he was phenomenal, Nicky Quinn. He really was. He really was. Right. Um... Still, blocked, still
0: blocked on Twitter. I am. <laughs> still blocked on Twitter. Still never forgive him for his uh, negativity on on Talk Sport, where he used to prioritise Liverpool over us. And I gave him a load of shit and he's blocked me. He's still blocked me, so I don't care about him. right obviously
1: rounding the show off now so we're getting to prediction time so there's a little bit of a twist on this question from michael pomar and he said question for dan would you take a draw from this one if we offered you one now or do you think you can capitalize on our indifferent form at the minute
2: i mean i've been saying for the last week that i think we can capitalize on your indifferent form um I mentioned it earlier, did I mention it earlier? I definitely mentioned it at work earlier, that I feel like Newcastle is similar towards the first two seasons that we got promoted, that you've got a really good first eleven, but after that, your depth is lacking a little bit. Obviously, Almiron's former's nose-dived a bit in in recent months. Uh, Callum Wilson's obviously struggling for goals. Isak hasn't really hit the ground running yet, has he? so. I think it's a game that we can get a result on Sunday, but like I said, St James's Park, 4.30 under the floodlights, it ain't going to be an easy one by a long
0: long way. Yeah, fair play.
1: There you go, Pete, done, Dusted.
0: Great questions from everyone in the chat. Thank you very, very much for um, throwing them out there for all of us. And um, yeah, really do appreciate it. And, And thank you to to um, to Dan uh, for answering a lot of those questions that are Wolves related. So um, we'll keep that ticking over. But of course, as we come to the end of the show, we would always look for um, the predictions, the big predictions for the game. So at what, half six, seven o'clock at night on a Saturday, Sunday, sorry, Sunday evening, Sky Sports, um, under the lights, as we've already talked about, what do you think, Richie, the score is going to be? Uh, in the game between Newcastle United and Wolverhampton Wanderers,
1: uh, well, I won't be sitting on the fence on this one. I, 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 I do, I do believe Newcastle will turn it round uh, the form. Uh, as we've said before, yes, okay, the results haven't gone away, but I, we haven't been poor in those games. You know, we've taken the games to them. We've created chances. uh had some fantastic possession in those games as well. So, I, I just think that, as you know, we've, we've talked about already, the situation, the scenario on. Uh, on Sunday night, under the light, St James Park, half four. Uh, I think the crowd will really get behind them as well. Because, you know, we've, we've also, we're have also we welcoming the, the, the squad back after the, the first time since the Carabao Cup final. So it's, we'll be able to show the appreciation of the squad, you know, how we feel about them as well. Because obviously it's the first time that they've really been in front of the Newcastle fans since then as well. So they'll be wondering how we, you know, what we think of them as well. So I'm sure that everyone will uh, get behind the this, this squad. And I think we'll uh, we'll be able to find the back of the net twice. I think we'll win two 0 on Sunday.
0: Two 0 certainly not on the fence there from Richie. Um, Keith, we're going to come to you. Uh, I think everyone's interested to know your thoughts. Are we are we going to be going to Newcastle win? Are we going to sit on the fence, or are we thinking that Wolves might spoil the party? What what are your thoughts?
1: I think Mike, I think Michael Pomar and uh, PDK have already come in with their uh, Keith's predictions here. There's a there's a one-one splinters prediction here. 0 <laughs> uh, nil-nil for him.
0: <laughs> Go on, I love that. I love that. The splinters well, prediction. I love it.
3: It's been a long month since Newcastle United won a game of football. Last time the won was the 31st of January in the Cup semi-final, second leg. Last time the win in the Premier League, middle of January, with the Isaac winner in the one-nil win. And Everybody, I mean, Wolves Wolves have picked up one form recently. Great form, got some great results as well. 3-0 against Liverpool as well. Yeah. Puts it in context how well Liverpool have been playing recently. Um, I think people are going to be happy because I think Newcastle are going to end the run of um, getting beat in the last three games. I think it's either going to be a 1-1 or it's going to be a 0-0.
0: <laughs> he's sitting on the fence again.
3: Oh my! They're God. not. They're not. Sco- I, I really want to be proven wrong here, and it could be a one 0 It could be Isaac, but I think we need a change or two here. We've got to go for the juggler, just like you said earlier on the uh, the tactics board. Wilson's not in form. He does. I think he does need a bit of a rest, and I want to see. I want to see Isaac start. The 60 million man, that's the solution for Newcastle.
0: You're not wrong in terms of the exact substitution, but uh, yeah, ten draws,
3: 10 draws out of 15 against Wolves. It's the ultimate draw fix, but
1: the majority of those fixes,
3: though, Keith,
1: you've got to remember again, or Mike Ashley's here. Which you know what I mean? Come
3: on, absolutely, absolutely. But a couple of them were in the good times as well under Sir Bobby Robson and Freddie Shepard as well. Like the end of the end of the two thousand and three, two thousand and four season was a one-one.
0: Um, yeah, fair point. Uh, I, lo- I love that comment, Doctor Death, uh, from Joining team for Life. Uh, Time to make a comment, Doctor
3: Death. I've, 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 <laughs> I haven't predicted Newcastle to lose. Yeah, true, true. I but... predicted the, the 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 losing streak to end. Newcastle will get a result. <laughs>
0: I love the technicalities that Keith brings out. No, little Dan, you would know, you would know, but Keith is the ultimate fence-sitter. He's, yeah, you know. he's not a fence-sitter, he's wedged on the fence, Pete. Well, that's
3: Adrian, yeah. wall up the road here. <laughs> <No, I'm laughs>
0: he's he bolted, he's bolted <laughs> to the fence. Little Dan, uh, from a Wolves perspective, what do you think the result's going to be on Sunday evening, um, you know, from your perspective? I'm struggling
2: to able to play this, Pete, because I'm not sure if your viewers are aware, you're coming on my preview show tomorrow night at 6pm and we're going to be having this same conversation. So I might say one result now and then say a different result on my <laughs> channel. And then I'll just, I'm just going to clip whatever I get right unless I get it completely wrong. Um, I think Keith's missed a massive stat tonight that Raul Jimenez has got a great goal-scoring record, not just against Newcastle, but against Nick Pope and i feel like he's going to break his goal drought this sunday and i'm going for 1-0 wolves raul Jimenez. Oh,
1: so you're actually you're actually going to say that he's uh, he's pirates of the caribbean celebration will stand up this time uh, just, i just i need him to
2: avoid any sort of stupidity like that now it's uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was quite we we, we talked to it at first he started doing it in pre-season but I just, rather uh, well, just score 20 goals and then you can start doing stupid celebrations.
1: Yeah. I think what, it, it definitely definitely getting ruled out made it so hilarious for us, mate, I've got to be honest.
2: Well, I mean, like in, in another world, it, it shouldn't have been disallowed really, should it? Because the referee didn't give it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys would have been saying it was a fair goal if it was the other way around. Um we've we haven't really discussed the fact that Fabian Schär nearly broke Pedro Neto's leg at Molyneux earlier on in the season. But we'll talk about that tomorrow
0: night, Pete. Oh, OK. Uh, interesting. I was right in eye line with that. Um, so I'll give you my opinion tomorrow night. I won't, I'm not going to share it right now, but maybe you might not be happy with
3: it. Raul Jimenez, there, three goals in six games against Burnley. So, one and two, really, when he was playing against uh, Burnley, when Nick Pope was in goal.
2: And what's he got against Newcastle? One in, he's got two? I don't know. Either way,
0: he's scoring past the Pope on Sunday, on God's day. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see about that. We'll see about that. Look, for me, um, I'm going Newcastle win. We have to win. We have to get the points on the board. I am going a Newcastle United 1-0 win. Um, it's going to be tight as it always is against Wolves at St. James's Park. Not going to be an easy game, but just like last season, I think we will edge edge the game. Um, I'm even going to predict the scorer. I'm going to go a Bruno Gamerez goal um, that wins is the game on Sunday. Um so I'll put myself out there. But yeah, I think Newcastle will win. Um I think it'll be I think it'll be a really, really tough game, a very tight game. But I just think that home home playing at Saint James's Park could potentially make the difference. So that's me. Uh, what a that.
2: way to advertise yourself to Real Madrid, scoring the winner on a Sunday Super Sunday game.
0: Or well, what, what? a way to announce your new contract at Newcastle United to 2028. That's Correct. why. That's Commodity why. Commodity protection my... is the wording, Pete. Commodity protection yeah. with a with a 200 million um, release clause. Why not the Spanish do it? Why can't we do the same? Um, and I would be more than happy with that. But look, um, more importantly than anything, I do think that Newcastle will win. Um, I do think it will be tight. Um, look, that's no disrespect to Wolves. Wolves have been doing really, really well um, recently. And after Sunday, I wish you guys the best of luck for the rest of the season. Um, that's for sure. Um, because not not only um uh, for walls being on the march but just because Dan you're're you're, you're a top guy and I really really appreciate you coming on the show um massive massive respect um just before we head out um uh, a huge thank you to our sponsors we've got the radiator Shed. and uh, thank you for all your support as always um with everything loaded mag and UFC um, of course, we've got little Dan and Keith in the, in, in the doghouse, in the prison. Um, thank you for everything that you do for us, uh, Russ, and the team um, at the Radiator Shed. And we've got a, a, a huge choice of radiators. And of course, um, they're all designed and manufactured in Italy. Aluminium rads and vi- in very environmentally friendly and are perfect for heat source pumps. They offer a home survey service and will in- be installed Um, if required. And of course, uh, Daz mentioned it last night and he put the picture up that Russ had a special guest in his shop um, uh, over the course of this week. Uh, It was our number nine, Callum Wilson, um, that supports all things The Radiator Shed. So um, a huge, 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 that massive, massive thing for us um, as a channel that has been supported by the Radiator Shed that has one of our Newcastle players in, and hopefully it won't be the last uh, Newcastle player that comes into the Radiator Shed. So we um, show you support to uh, our fantastic sponsor, and of course um, we've got North East Partnerships, um, the Instill Works. Uh, thank you for all your support on all things Newcastle United, and of course. All things loaded mag, NUFC. Um, we also have um, our huge sponsor as well, our h2o bathroom designs.co.uk. Um, um, so make sure you uh, show your support for h2o bathroom designs, the Northeast largest supplier um, for Villaroy and Bosch bathroomware and um, Team Valley Gateshead, over 20 years established, run by the family. So get down to your showroom on 11th Avenue, Team Valley Estate on Gateshead. And look, um, this is why Callum Wilson is interested in these guys because um, some of the quality of their bathrooms is absolutely top, top notch. Um, So make sure you show your support for H2O bathroom designs and get involved as well. Not that, uh, but that, that is the bathroom that we are after. um, That is for sure. And uh, look, um, we will be back Um, later on uh, in the week uh, over the course of the weekend we've got our match review Um, times will be to be uh, to be confirmed Um, we will be talking about hopefully fingers crossed Sunday evening Monday potentially a Newcastle win let's see what happens on the back of that Um, but look uh, as we wrap up the show Dan massive thanks to you uh, with regards to um, everything on uh, Wolves um, Fancast. As I said to you, best of luck with regards to the rest of the season after Sunday. Uh, But I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to us. And I'll be on your channel tomorrow night from about six o'clock talking all things um, Newcastle and Wolves. Um uh, I'm sure you're gonna be throwing some questions at us with regards to um certain things that we haven't talked about tonight, like you say, the the Shaw Challenge that you've already talked about um already.
2: Yeah. At Wolves Fancast, David and everyone else, if you've got some if you've got a bit of spare time tomorrow night at 6 pm, me maybe a few of the Wolves Fancastians will be talking about the weekend's fixtures and predominantly Wolves uh, away to Newcastle on Sunday. Uh, guys, I just got to say, you've got more flipping income revenue than Man City with all them sponsors. Um, <laughs> because of the, what was the uh, app, the radiatorshed.com? Yeah, it's getting absolutely hot in here, lads. And Bruno Gomes is off to Real Madrid. Oh, he's off to Real Madrid.
0: Get out of it. Get off. out of it. <laughs> get him off. <laughs> hey, <See man>. you, <laughs> lads. you had that plan, I know you had that plan. But look, um, Keith, thank you very much for your stats. Absolutely appreciate it. Uh, amazing as ever. And of course, on the fence, as always, let's see if it comes to form. Would be
3: anywhere else, but be on the fence is the best place to be. <laughs> but for this one, oh. I hope
0: you are wrong. And I hope we get the three points. That's all I'm going to say. And I'm sure you would agree with that. Richie, absolutely top, top man. Thank you for joining this. Um, Great on the on the questions and of course um, all things Newcastle United chatters. It's been a pleasure, always a pleasure, never ever a chore. And of course, we do love playing away, guys. Cheers, Dad. <laughs>